BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The Destiny Show Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we welcome Sentinel Gray, a content creator and streamer in the Destiny community. He's a really awesome content creator who helps many Guardians through various challenges and activities in Destiny, and he is extremely knowledgeable in all things Destiny and video games, and we're excited to hang out with him live tonight on the show to learn much more about him and we'll be discussing the latest news from Bungie with seasonal changes that were released earlier today by Luke Smith. We're going to dive into all that on the show but before we do I want to welcome my co-host Shadow Price. What's up? Hey man it's been uh it's been a crazy couple weeks here you know we're getting more and more information leading up to Shadowkeep uh, we got the article today from Luke Smith dropping the information about the seasons, how they're going to change in Destiny, and uh, it's all really exciting. Even the new Tool album comes out tomorrow. Sorry, I mentioned that earlier, but I, I'm just super excited about that, too, because they're my favorite you're, band. You're not the only one. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Shadow Price, we'll be talking about the new Tool album periodically here on the show, so bear with us. It's a really exciting time for him. This is 13 years in the making, so it's a big deal for him. Uh, we're going to have to put up with that tonight, but I'm sure that will be okay. And, of course, we also welcome Sentinel Gray. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Dude, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, uh, it's honestly... It's really nerve-wracking being on a podcast, so I apologize if I'm like a little nervous sometimes and stutter and stuff. So just be on the lookout for that. You know what, bro? Listen, the power of editing is absolutely amazing. Adobe Audition does wonders, and after editing 30 of these things, I think I've gotten pretty good at making things sound good. So trust me, we're going to make you feel right at home. And uh, we're just going to have fun. We're going to talk about Destiny. We're going to learn about you. 
and what you do we're gonna put you on the hot seat no pressure great our discussion with the guardians where we get a chance to learn about our guests in a bigger way like you probably couldn't in other podcasts or other shows and things like that i feel you it'll be fun and as a reminder the destiny show podcast is part of the robots radio network a network of awesome shows like fallout Lorecast, hidden pixels podcast and the elder scrolls Lorecast, available at robotsradio.net and all of your favorite podcasting apps apple spotify google and so on and you can also find the destiny show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps we're on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher anchor podbean and more you can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com and you can follow us on the twitter at the destiny show and on today's episode of the podcast we welcome sentinel gray a destiny content creator streamer and sherpa in the destiny community who has helped many guardians through various challenges in the game and he's extremely knowledgeable in all things destiny we're going to get to know more about him right now so sentinel gray for our discussion with the guardians we're going to put you on the hot seat and we're going to learn more about you and we're going to start out by asking how did you get started playing destiny Oh, geez. Um, I wasn't as lucky as some people to get picked for the alpha, mainly because at the time of the alpha, I didn't have a PlayStation. And I do believe the alpha was strictly PlayStation. Yeah, you're right. It was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was I was in there for the beta and I played the beta for a bit and uh, I liked it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and actually, because of the because of the beta, I got a few of my friends to start playing it, and all throughout um, D one, I had a uh, I had a group of friends I knew in real life, and we just started playing. Like we'd get home from work, and it'd be immediately on Destiny. We'd do raids and whatever we needed to. Um, through that, just continued on to D two. Um, I actually had a moment to where I, I I almost fell off of Destiny completely, but thought about Destiny in a different way, thought about the game as a whole in a different way, and got right back on and have been loving it so much more. And uh, now we're today, and I am patiently, patiently waiting for Shadowkeep. Yeah, it seems like we've all had, like, our, you know love-hate relationship with destiny we've all like enjoyed it so many ways like the raids are great you know especially the d1 raids i'm such a fan of the d1 raids i think they're all Same. masterpieces they're all masterpieces um and, you know not to take away too much from the d2 raids i do like them but just not as much as the d1 raids but you know then there are times where the game starts to feel stale when you know the weapons don't get updated like for about six or more months you know and we have our gripes but i think bungie is really like they're really focused on the game right now they're really focused on the community their transparency is like at an all-time high right now which is great yeah so 
it's 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 awesome like you know it's like they they've they've created this like this universe and we've kind of just our community has evolved like since then you know we've just we've taken it and we've ran with it and we've just we called it our home basically yeah like i think destiny has been since the beginning trying to figure out where it fits what it identifies as and i think just recently bungie started acknowledging destiny as a mmo as a live action game and it's going to be interesting to see what this becomes because i think destiny is going to turn into something totally different that we never had before right and in some ways it's exciting but it's also a little scary because you don't know how this will turn out if we can hope this will be successful but ultimately people will vote with their wallets and ultimately bungie is a company who needs to make money to sustain itself so it needs to generate the revenue and it's going to be really interesting to see how the overall community responds to Destiny with Shadowkeep and the New Light and some of the seasonal changes that we're going to be talking about here on the show. Yeah, that's actually, that kind of ties into whenever I almost fell off and then thought about the game differently. Um, if I go on rambling too long, please just stop me. Um, what I did was I I was like, I was getting really burnt out on Destiny and I it almost got to the point where I couldn't play it anymore. Um, there was a game that I, way back in the PlayStation 2, uh, PlayStation 2 days that I absolutely love uh, that's called uh, Dot Hack. And Dot Hack is, there's a game within a game in Dot Hack. You're playing a character who's playing an MMO. The thing that I liked so much about dot hack in the game within the game is that the mmo was called the world and how you played it it wasn't like a normal mmo to where you had to number crunch and spreadsheets and all that stuff you basically just played the game and the way that i saw that was it was an mmo light i guess you can call it so you didn't have to you weren't dealing with uh numbers in the hundreds of thousands plays or the uh tens of thousands place you were dealing with three digit numbers two digit numbers whatever and um i went looking online i was like what is what game out there is similar to this game in dot hack that is an mmo light that doesn't have to deal with uh, i don't have to sit there and like if i play wow i have to kind of number crunch and fix my character a certain way in order to be relevant in certain activities and literally the first option that came up every single time was Destiny. And I was like, okay, let me think about this game differently. And now that I've thought about it as like an MMO light to where I don't have to be something specific every single time, it's done a lot better for like how I view the game as a whole. Yeah, that's interesting. You've looked kind of looking at it uh, at, uh, through a new light, basically. Kind of like, no, no pun, pun intended. intended. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so the Bungie has looked at it through a, a new light. <laughs> that's that's another thing too, is because I know 
like describing it to other people, like trying to get some of my friends on board with Destiny. That's that's one of the things that they're always like, like, oh, I hear Destiny's a whole bunch of grinding, and like they list all of the negative stuff about Destiny, which I can completely understand, and I get where they're coming from. Like maybe the grind's too long. Uh, you how it used to be of like, oh, I have to start at level one but I'm not going to play with you because you are playing content. That's not even relevant to me. Um, so like ha- basically the way I describe it to people now is an MMO lights to where you don't have to have a specific build t- in order to do a raid. You can wear almost whatever the hell you want, go into a raid and be perfectly fine. As long as you know how to shoot. So yeah, it looks like they're heading more towards builds, though, like with uh, with Shadowkeep. I have seen that, and I think the only thing that's gonna uh, that I think is making it easier is, granted, I don't play MMOs. I've I've never played World of Warcraft. I've never played uh, ESO or anything like that. But it seems like the one thing I saw uh, whenever Luke Smith was talking, or it might have been Deej, was they're shrinking down the numbers. And I think that'll help tremendously because you see right now we're getting numbers in the thousands and 10,000s place. Um, and you can even max out your damage. But if they're shrinking numbers to initially like digit numbers and then three digit numbers, so we're not hitting uh, the thousands place so often, I think it might help with some people. Do you think some people just get like, uh, what's the word? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed when they see numbers just get that high or whatever. Just... Honestly, I do sometimes because I, I know I know the difference between five thousand and ten thousand whenever I'm dealing double damage. Like I know the difference, but mm-hmm. all the numbers stacking together, especially because we have the floating damage numbers, eventually it gets to the point to where. If you have something like uh, Outbreak and you have a whole bunch of nanites on a target and you're continuously doing damage to the target with your own gun along with the nanites, you're seeing all these numbers pop up everywhere and you're like, I know I'm killing this guy, but what exactly am I doing? Yeah. And then when you're shooting like the swarm at like, you know, bosses and stuff, like how much damage sometimes are you doing? Are you doing more damage than is what's displayed? and everything like you know so it's yeah i i think about this in a couple of ways on the one hand i think that the game can't be so game breaking that you can just get everything done and it feels like you're cheesing it right you want some level of challenge and some level of accomplishment i also have a fear that what bungie will do is nerf the player to a point where the activity they're asking you to play isn't worth playing and we kind of see this happen with the reckoning right because once they changed the way the supers work crossing the bridge was so challenging that most people just stopped playing it because it wasn't really worth playing so i really hope there is a better balance between that so the game does feel challenging but not too challenging to a point where you have to question are these rewards even worth the challenge right and you can see that's where the problem lies the reward structure that's the it, the 
well, it was like the reckoning was not a rewarding activity. Um, you had to play and you, you had to fight the RNG. You would get, you know, pray to get something good. I still don't have a spare rations. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> and I, I don't know. <laughs> so, Gray, what do you do in the Destiny community as a content creator? Oh, geez. Um, so beyond, well, I, I stream and I stream uh, roughly four to five times a week. Um, uh, along with that, there is one thing that I absolutely love doing in video games, and that is teaching people stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of funny because I think over the past week, um, I've been doing nothing but helping people get Whisper of the Worms and Outbreak perfected. And I think, I think I've gotten in a week's time, I think I've gotten six or seven people Outbreak and three or four Whisper just because they don't have like some of the, some of the people that uh, I started playing with either they brought their characters from console and uh, stopped at a certain point on console and started over again on PC. And then they just decided to use their console characters instead of their PC characters. Or uh, like uh, my, my physical real life friends, um, they, they kind of fell off during Black Armory. And since all this shadow keep stuff popped up they're like oh yeah we're gonna give this a try we're gonna start doing this again and they didn't have whisper they didn't have outbreak they had no idea what outbreak was and i was like let me uh let me show you a couple things and just got them the stuff that they needed uh going into it i actually have a list of things that I need to get for people. I need to, uh, I need to run a few of them through the shattered throne in order to get wish ender. Um, there's Lumina thorn. I'm sorry, but I'm not helping you guys with because it's so heartbreaking for me. Um, but yeah, like I, I try and help people as much as I can. And I love doing it. The only thing is whenever you run into one of those people who, um, you want to help them, and they just want you to give them all the answers without trying to figure it out themselves. So if it's like a new, if it's a new person or if like something's changed in a certain way and uh, they say like, Oh, like what do I do next? Or, Oh, this isn't sitting here. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, where, where would it be? Where? No, it wouldn't be in inventory because inventory doesn't have that anymore. Is it in pursuits? No, because after you, complete that step of the quest that gets rid of that item in your pursuit. So where would it be? So like I try and backtrack the whole entire quest to figure out where they would be in a certain quest or where they should go. And sometimes it's frustrating because it seems like they don't want to help themselves, but whenever they do and um, it's like, Oh yeah, I, I need to do this. I immediately like, okay, let's go do it right now. Let's go. Like just stop what you're doing. Let's go. So at, I really, really like helping people, especially the whole getting them guns like uh, Outbreak and Whisper. Love that stuff. That's really cool. Like, you know, it's 
allows people to do the content a little easier that they're not like struggling so much gives them you know kind of like more of a purpose i guess they feel like they're contributing more and things like that right and i i would love like in uh whenever new light comes out i would love if any new person that either comes in my stream or gets a hold of me on twitter or anything like that say hey listen i'm new can you please help as long as you're willing to also help yourself and not have me do all the legwork i will help you all day yeah it's going to happen a lot when uh new light comes i think you're going to be asking <laughs> you're going to get a lot of business a lot of people are going to be wanting help i'm sure i feel you are you, you going to be playing on pc uh yeah for the most part uh whenever i just boot up destiny regularly I'm on PC. I probably won't switch over to uh, Xbox or eventually PlayStation whenever I buy it on PlayStation. Um, unless somebody specifically asks me like, hey, we need to do We need one more for a raid. Can you please pop in? I'll be like, yeah, sure. I don't care. As long as I have the content to do it, like as long as I have it bought and have licenses and everything, I have, I have no problem switching platforms. But whenever you just see me casually, I'll be on PC because I just have more fun on PC. There's going to be so many new people coming in with uh, them moving to Steam. I'm so excited. Yeah. There's so many registered Steam users out there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the game changes once New Light comes out because I think we're going to get a pretty big influx of new players coming into the game who didn't have the game before and between a free version of Destiny and a cross save, I think those two things are going to make the game a lot more accessible for more people. So, now, great. I know this is something you made a video on, but I wanted to ask you here on the show. Uh oh. Why do you create content? Do you want the long version or the short version? You know what? This is Destiny show. We go big or go home. So let's get the long version of it. Okay. So the the reason I create content, um, well, I guess I'll give you the short version and then I'll give you the long form of it. Short and sweet, I create content to make people laugh, make people happy, and spread positivity through my content. Um, the reason being is because I know what it's like to be in a dark place. I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to be down in the deepest pits of depression. And I get that. Um, one of the things that helped me was um, a content creator, not maybe barely known in the Destiny community, but his name's Markiplier. And uh, he, he creates all these funny videos on YouTube and everything. And he kind of helped me whenever I was down and out, he kind of helped me get through the day because his videos were always something that I could laugh about, something that I always look forward to. And uh, it kind of made me forget anything that I was worrying about. And I want to do that for other people. There's a, uh, there's specifically one video that, um, that Mark put out that he was doing something to where he was making a live action video. He wasn't doing any gameplay or anything like he usually does, but he was doing a live action video and he, literally put out a tweet 
he's like, hey, I will be at this park at this time. I'm filming a video. <laughs> Come be in it. So his community ended up showing up. And I believe he had 20 plus people there. And the cameras were rolling the whole entire time. And not only with the video, but like as people showed up. And the sheer amount of joy that you can see on like the people meeting him, their like their faces was something ridiculous that I could only hope to do one day. Like just out of meeting him, they're like they could have had the worst day of their lives. They could have they could have been down in depression. Like I said, deepest pits of depression. They see this tweet that Mark is going to be like, we'll say five minutes away from their house, walking distance. And they walk that five minutes, they meet him. And all of a sudden that day is flipped on its head. And it's one of their best days that they can remember. That is the type of stuff that I live for. And that's the type of stuff that I want to do. If there is ever a point in time that I can do that and do that on a normal basis. I'd like, I'll that's it that I'm good. Like I I've finished, I've finished my life goal. That's all. And that's like that, that is something that I would love to do. Yeah. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that's like, that's super positive and uh, very, um, what's the word? Charismatic. I guess it's just, that's it. You know, it's really cool that they, that uh, somebody, that he does that for his community. It's a very admirable thing where you can make an impact on other people's lives through your contact, through your content, through the message that you have to share with the world. And it could be a hobby, like a video game, like Destiny, or it could be any anything else that, that you might have in common with other people. And getting messages from our listeners saying that they love the show and they send us such heartwarming messages and it's like it, it's so cool because it, it's great to know that there are people out there who appreciate the work that you do and enjoy your content and it, it makes you feel good and also you can make somebody's day better by being there right whether it be through your youtube content or through a stream on Twitch, like what we have here, or just being able to do meetups. That, that's pretty cool. So, great. what do you hope to accomplish in video games? Um, beyond the... Um, beyond the making, uh, making people happy, helping them smile, and bringing positivity in that... Um, I have in my mind right now, I have one um, that you can kind of, that I consider to be a quote unquote end game goal to where if I reach this point, it's not that I'm not going to work anymore. It's just that I've reached a point that I am ridiculously happy with and that I can move within the space and try different things. And uh, that's working for a, a company down in Austin, Texas called Rooster Teeth. And um, the reason why I want to work there, like above all else, is um, it's not because 
one of their one of their branches achievement hunter the outside perspective is it's just a bunch of guys who drink and play video games but that's not the case um the the company itself uh does exactly what i want to do they bring happiness they bring joy like the 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 content they put out daily just just does that for, for people and like there's a whole entire community backing rooster teeth that like feels this every day um and they do they do amazing charity work like last year they raised in 24 hours they raised 1.2 million dollars for uh saint jude children's hospital they've actually raised accumulatively so much money for their local children's hospital that there's a whole entire wing dedicated to the company it's like it's literally called the the uh, Rooster Teeth Healing Garden or something like that, and it's a tire wing of the the hospital. So like the fact that they do that type of stuff, plus help so many people who watch all of their videos and like even meeting them in person, like that just adds to what I'm trying to do, and that's what I hope to accomplish. That's really awesome. Now, have you applied to work there before? I have, um, I applied there, I've applied there multiple times, but I know, I guess you could say I know my limits to where if there's a, uh, if there's a job opening in something that I know nothing about, I will not apply for because I'm not even going to remotely try and fool them of like, oh yeah, I know what to do. Like I'm only going to, uh, if it's something in video editing or, um, scheduling for videos or something like that that's what i'll apply for but if it's something like um like marketing or uh, graphic design i'm not good in either one of those so i'm not even going to remotely waste their time but that's that's definitely understandable well i do wish you the best of luck in your pursuit and i, I know you've been working really hard with your stream and your community to help so many people in the destiny community and to spread the positivity that you put out so you know if you stick with it you will get noticed there and uh we do wish you the best of luck with that thanks man yeah absolutely so let's talk a little bit about destiny i what are your thoughts on solstice of heroes that just ended last week Oh boy. Uh Solstice of Heroes. I, I will say this, like hands down, EAZ, I wish was a permanent thing. And the only reason why that is, well, it's for a bunch of reasons, but the main reason why that is, is because I love the environment. I love that whole entire like dead city type feel. I've always loved that. In any video game I've ever played, I've loved that feel and the fact that the EAZ was very similar to that. And you can you basically didn't have any restrictions on where you went. You can go on any rooftop that you wanted. Yeah, just jumping on rooftops and everything. Right. Like it yeah. was the greatest thing in the world. And I I remember like I would try and challenge myself to float from one neighborhood to the other because one side had that huge skyscraper on on it. And I just like, let's see if I can float down. It was wonderful. I love that so much. The grind wasn't like 
the grind, whenever you look at it, whenever you first get your blank armor and you don't have anything completed, whenever you first look at it, it is, I thought it was a little, uh, like encumbering because you'd look at it and you're like, Oh my God, I have so much stuff to do. But if you, the, the thing that I told, uh, my friends who were picking it up again, I was like, just go to each armor get a piece of paper and write down what you can accomplish in each game type. So if you can accomplish something in strikes, write down which piece of armor can be done in strikes. If you can complete something in Gambit, write what can be completed in Gambit. And if you kind of micromanage it that way and look at each piece individually instead of like the full set of like, here's your list of things to do. And you're supposed to get all of this done, which it feels like you're supposed to get it done in like two days, which isn't impossible, but it's daunting. I I didn't mind it. I, I liked it overall. I don't like the look of the armor, but I never have. I've never liked the look of the vanilla armor, even with all the gold embroideries and everything on it. But still, like the grind wasn't too bad. It wasn't terrible. With the ornaments, it makes it look a little like snazzier and everything. I will agree. Yes. <laughs> See, um, I have a slight bias about it a little bit because <clears throat> it was really my fault. I will totally admit to that. <laughs> I really should have taken the time to grind everything out and not rush and try to like get everything done in like two days because that oh. was not the best thing to do. Did you get everything um, done in two days? Well, I got it done on one character, okay? Well, here's what <sighs> happened, okay? I, I pretty much, I made some progress on one character, and I finished it off on Sunday, okay? Sunday night, I get my armor on my hunter. So Monday, I start grinding out on my titan, and I was kind of behind because I got to my blue set, but I made zero progress there. I had, like... 13 bounties that I turned in. So I had a little bit of progress there, but essentially nothing else was done. So I spent the entire day Monday just grinding hard. And I think I stopped playing. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'm going to feel sick. I, I, sh I should just stop, get some sleep. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll continue the grind. And so I woke up, it was like 9.30, and I started playing again Monday, or Tuesday, I should say, and it was like noontime, and I realized, like, this this isn't going to happen, dude. Like, there's no way. There's no way I would have enough time to finish it. So I had to pretty much stop around 12.15 p.m. because I realized there would be no way that I can get all of this finished in time unfortunate because i got 46 bounties done by that point i had like four more to go so in that department i was fine but the orbs that you had to do i wasn't so far so oh yeah i pay yeah. on that one but it's all good but i got it on one character so you know that was cool i think i got for it on me, one character too that's all yeah like i, I think Same. for me the problem with solstice is that it didn't really feel like there was enough new for you to do. And 
they kind of expected you to just grind no out. weapons man no no like weapons. blind well for example it's like no well is it fun grinding out the blind well until you get your super orbs done no so the challenge they set forth wasn't different enough for me it, it just felt like they're giving us a set of objectives to do that make us grind the same things that we've been playing for a couple of years now you know just like grace had a to-do list <clears throat> that's what it felt like like this is a to-do list to get armor that we had last year basically yeah you know like not too different um where are the weapons why was there no <laughs> weapons with this event like, I would have been fine with gold embroidered weapons. Like that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I missed opportunity. I guess I that I would just, you know, say it was just a missed opportunity. You know, and it kind of sucks. Like it, if if there was weapons like involved, I think more people would have been excited about it. Because well, here's- we, we love loot. We like loot. We love weapons. Like that's what we play Destiny, a lot of us, for we love the loot and everything. Here's so. a uh, here's a question. So, do you think that the Solstice of Heroes was developed? This most recent Solstice of Heroes was developed at the same time that Bungie was with Activision, or was this a oh, project yeah. after that? I think it was developed with Activision because take the EAZ for example. That looks like something that they were trying to work on like something that they were trying to use at some point like um just the oh, way yeah. the environment is like you know oh man if that was a location oh man like they were trying to use it for a game mode or something like that you know um but then realized they like got to the point there were you know luke smith said they had the, the problems with the development of the annual pass just because they were building three instances at once with um you know, uh, Black Armory, Drifter, and, you know, Opulence, even though Vicarious Visions handle Opulence, but still, Bungie thought of the, you know, the what was in there, the content. It's just Vicarious Visions uh, carried out. The thing is, is they didn't have the instant, the feedback that they needed. They were making these three things in unison. So they weren't completely mutually exclusive like there were three different experiences that you know they didn't they didn't completely they missed the mark basically yeah you know so and i th- i so i think this was definitely built with when they were with activision and everything this was kind of like the last thing i feel like that they all did together when I they were with activision so we'll we'll see what happens what they do with shadowkeep like i you know I think it's going to be a lot more evolved, hopefully, some of the content. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think that this event didn't quite do it for me. Honestly, uh, I I don't think I had too much fun along the way. I think this Solstice armor looked pretty cool. Too similar to last year, though. Again, it just it looks it's almost like the same basically, except, uh, you know, a few different shades. Uh, you know, the, the if you didn't put shader on it, it just looked a little different with the shader, but same design, practically. 
it's basically like just like uh gray said it's you, your starting armor just you know when the green set is your starting armor that you get in destiny 2 when you get thrown off the tower by gall yeah it's interesting because i think that destiny is about to change in a really big way and we're going to see some pretty substantial changes. I think yeah. that Destiny is going to become a more connected game, but I do think at the same time, I have some concerns about it too, and we're going to talk about it in just a bit. Um, and before we dive into that, I, I do want to... I guess talk to Gray a little bit more and learn a little bit about Gray. And um, Gray, what is the coolest thing that has happened to you in the Destiny community? All right. So um, it was over. It was over a year ago. I um, I attended an event that uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Jake Parker was running in Las Vegas. It was a Destiny 2 um, St. Jude charity tournament. And um, uh, this was right before uh, right before Forsaken. And I, I think if I remember correctly, it was in June. I think it was like in June 3rd or something like that around that time. Um, so uh, he did this tournament and I uh I teamed up with somebody um her uh it was it was a whole there were singles doubles and then there was whole entire teams and uh I signed up for singles and I wanted I was like well I, I might as well do duos like we'll see what happens and uh I met somebody else who signed up but didn't have a partner and uh her name was Isakul and um because we started playing together and like, you know, training for the tournament. Um, we actually became pretty good friends. The tournament happened and Isakul and I get destroyed in the first round. Like we're talking utterly destroyed. Like we were in single digit score. It was that bad. The only bandaid on this is that the team that destroyed us ended up winning the whole entire thing. And one of the members of the team, I guess, had like over a thousand hours in Counter Strike, so we didn't feel that bad. Um, hmm. So this is PvP, uh, then, right? Yeah, yeah, it was all it was all PvP. Um, uh, so through that, because of that, and because of uh, me going to that tournament and meeting uh, not only the community that uh, participated in the tournament, uh, me meeting uh, Isakul. She also started something on Twitter called uh, Bad Destiny Joke. And that blew up faster than she thought it would. And she's still trying to cope with it. Um, so if you go to at Bad Destiny Joke on Twitter, you will see all of the Bad Destiny jokes. And they are 100% relatable if you play Destiny at all. Um, but like through through that tournament uh and everybody i met there i it's kind of been branching out for me and meeting a whole bunch of different people um 
I I met one of my uh one of my now good friends, uh Elmer Fudd Games through through the Destiny community and everything. And it's just like it's that one moment. I could I could bring it all back to that one moment of me going to that tournament and meeting all these people and then branching that out. And then it just led to all this other stuff. And that's probably the coolest thing ever. Just because if I wouldn't have gone, then maybe this all wouldn't have happened. And actually, guys, I might not be on this podcast right now. So that was uh, that was this past June. Uh, that was a year ago. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was quite a while ago. And it's just it's just snowballed from there. meeting uh all these cool new people. And it's been great. That's awesome. Did you uh, have you been in a Guardian Con before yet, uh, Gray? I I actually just went uh, to this most recent one. I was at I oh, think nice. it was the third Guardian Con, and then I skipped. Which one was last year, or which one was this year? Was it fifth or sixth? I think it was. Uh, let's see. It started in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. I went to 2016. That was the second one, which was still Destiny Con. So 2017, uh, I guess it is the fifth one. Yeah. Okay. So I went to the third one. I skipped the fourth one and went back for this one. (laughs) Um, Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, I was there and actually uh, I helped run. Isakul had a booth there at Destiny Con and I helped her run it. And uh, the third uh, or Guardian Con, the third Guardian Con, I wasn't. 100% 100% impressed with um just because I think it was just because of location mm-hmm. um but uh now that I uh now that I went to this most recent one it's actually really nice I liked it a lot like a lot a lot it's a lot of fun met a lot of cool people there a lot of cool people yeah I, the venue looked really cool like that it was a uh... And they're they're calling it something different, right? Uh, next year, the Gaming something. Community Expo. That sounds that sounds right. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, GCX. Cool. Yeah. Um. I really wanted to go to Guardian Con this year, but we didn't get a chance to go. I'm really hoping next year we can go because I've been wanting to go to a Destiny-sized convention for quite some time now. Um, And especially now this year, like, we met so many content creators and it would be so awesome to actually get to hang out with the people we got a chance to podcast with. I'm sure getting together would be awesome and having a drink. And there's so many other content creators, Red Queen... James work, Clyde, um, CJ. I mean, the list goes on. There's so many awesome people in the community and it'll be awesome to attend. So next year, TBD, we'll be talking about that closer to the date. Are you going to attend uh, next year, Gray? Um, I would like to. Um, I... I plan on moving to Texas at the beginning of uh, this next year. Um, okay. 
if funds pan out correctly, then yes, I will be attending. Also, if it doesn't uh, conflict with another convention that I'm going to, because actually this this past Guardian Con, both of the cons that I wanted to go to were exactly on the same weekend. And as long as they don't conflict like that again, I will most likely be a Guardian Con. Or GCX, sorry. <laughs> That's going to take some getting used to. <laughs> yeah, really. <clears throat> so great to move the topic away from Destiny for just a little bit. Okay. What is your favorite food and why? He's thinking about it. No, <laughs> I am. It's it's actually very tough because I have two that immediately popped in my head. Let's hear them. Okay. The first one's probably a normal one, and that's pizza. Everybody loves pizza. I mean, it's right. a universal like choice. You know, and I don't know, and I don't know how well that's the thing. Uh I don't like anchovies. I don't like onions or peppers. However, okay. I'm I'm one of those weird people where I don't like banana peppers. However, if a Banana pepper is on a slice of pizza and I take it off. I like the residual flavor of the pepper. I just don't like the consistency of the pepper itself. I'm very what about, weird. What about sriracha sauce? Would you put sriracha sauce on your pizza? On I pizza? am willing to try it. Mm, it's buffalo, maybe. Uh, I love sriracha sauce on pizza. It's so good. Like, How do you guys um, feel about Hawaiian pizza? pizza? I like it. I'll mm, eat it. I'm a fan. I... Okay, so I've never had Hawaiian pizza before, so I wouldn't really know how that would be. Um, pineapple on the pizza. You like pineapple, pineapple on, on the pizza? Yeah, I like it. Yep. I've never tried it. Never pineapple. I have tried gyro-flavored pizza. What? With Yeah, gyro tzatziki sauce. Oh, man, it's so good. Oh, so I got that is now. I've had an eggplant pizza before, and that was pretty freaking dope. What are you talking about? What is this? I've had normal pizza. <laughs> I what mean, is going on? Listen, I mean, we're, we're in New York. I mean, we're that's, from New York, so we get to... All right, fair enough. Here. We're the pizza capital of the freaking United well, States. the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least the United States. <laughs> the second one, however, is a little bit weirder. Okay. And that, and that is cereal. Wow. Like cereal and milk. Huh. <laughs> what kind of cereal? We're, we're going to judge you based on this. Uh, okay. So my top three probably has to be uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. Uh, there is a relatively new, I think it came out within the last like five years, uh, cereal called Crave. Kellogg's I do like I do like that cereal. Yeah, I've tried Crave, it. Crave is really good. And um, just occasionally, I get a really bad hankering for Reese's Puffs. Okay. I, I, interesting. Like, I, I, I like two out of the three. I'm not huge on the Reese's Puffs, but um, the other two I, I like. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big cereal person, though. I... I I'd rather have like some toast or something like that, you know, a toast or a bagel or, you know, muffin. Oh, muffins. I love freaking muffins. <laughs> yeah, bagels and muffins with cream cheese all day. I'll just eat breakfast. 
the entire yeah. day, like seriously. But then I'm <laughs> weird because I like like alphabets. Like it's a very underrated cereal, but I, I love me some alphabets. I just like that, like I don't know, that hint of whatever is on that. You know, I like, like Golden great. Grams. I don't know what it is, but Golden Grams ain't Golden bad. Golden Grams are good. Golden Grams is good. I like Golden Grams. I like the Graham cracker. It actually, even if you have, you can quote unquote this of like a healthy cereal if you want. Um, have you ever tried the, I think it's specifically the cinnamon honey bunches of oats? Like once, I think. It, it, yeah, to, I've had it a few times. To me, it is just enough sweetness to not sicken you. Like it's still regular cereal and everything. Like you still got the flakes in there, but like the small little clusters of like uh, cinnamon bunches, whatever, just, oh, it's just a little bit and it's so good and so underrated. Sorry, I'm like a cereal fiend. <laughs> Have you ever had a uh, strawberry honeycomb before? No. <laughs> They, they brought it out for limited times and everything. Oh. It was a pretty good one. Oh, you man. probably would have liked this other one. Uh, they had a Dunkin' Donuts cereal back when I was a kid. When I really? was, um, yeah, what? yep. Back in the '80s, they had a short run of Dunkin' Donuts cereal. Let me tell you, it was the shit. Oh like, man, it was. They had a glaze. They had a glazed donut one, and they had a chocolate glazed one. And oh my god, they were so so good. <laughs> and not only me. that, like they had like these uh little like Nintendo like secrets in there where like they had the code for get hundred lives and Mario Brothers and everything, like on what? these little like you know, little hologram cards and stuff. So yeah, I used to love the freaking Dunkin' Donuts cereal. I wanna grow up in the 80s, damn. <laughs> yeah, just like you know, YouTube a commercial. You'll like YouTube the Dunkin' Donuts cereal. You'll 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 find it. You can watch the whole old old school '80s commercial uh, for the Dunkin' Donuts cereal. Oh, man, I'm waiting until we get to Stranger Things. Like you know, further to that point, if it lasts oh. that long, to where we can see the Dunkin' Donuts cereal. You I think they'll be do like, it? I think they'll make it, man. Stranger Things is like popular what, what were they in 1985 i think already like this last season so they're getting there i mean they're i think they'll make it i think they'll make it sorry i love stranger things it's such a great show no you're good do we think they will make it oh yeah they'll, they'll make it that show is super super popular and super good it's a great it's a great show the Apparently it's really so, accurate too. The kid actors are so freaking good. I mean, they're they're like almost like young it adults is. now, but they're they're good. They're better than some adult actors I've seen. It's crazy. <laughs> Shadow Price, what's your favorite food? Uh, I think you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it used to be like spaghetti and everything, you know, because I was like kind of basic before. What's wrong with you, spaghetti? Be before it's I so tried. Boring. No, Dude, spaghetti I, with meatballs is awesome. Okay, it's, no, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great, but but I have to like put above it like um spicy tuna rolls, sushi, because I just I I love sushi. Like Cornholio introduced it to me back in 2011, 
And I have, I haven't looked back since like, it's what I crave when I want something delicious. And I want something when I go somewhere, when we go to PAX East and we get done for the day and we, we're, we're hitting up the sushi buffet, man. Oh, you just so, believe. I mean, PAX East, by the way, we're, we're trying to go, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. Because we went not this past year, but the year before. And I will tell you, I had so much fun. I was like a little kid in a candy store. Like video gaming things everywhere. Like, and you meet so many so cool many developers. People, developers yeah, it's, it's awesome. You get to check out all the new games. It's a really cool experience. And there's a really some really good um uh what is it? presentations they do and different workshops and lectures yeah different panels that they have checking out definitely yeah Yeah, Yeah. whenever i went whenever i went down to uh pack south uh this past january i walked in and the only way that i can i could describe it basically was like (sighs) it sounds really cheesy but you walk in and the immediate feeling i got was like this is where i belong because there's everybody and everybody loves video games and maybe not video games, but gaming in general. And you have something in common, that one thing in common with everybody. And that can just spark a whole ton of conversations. That's in Texas, right? Pack stuff. Yeah. How many conventions have you been to? Great. Oh man. Um, Do you want me to count local or no? Sure. Um, what about multiple times or just like individual ones? I think it all counts. How many conventions? Yeah. Um, I think in total, I'm probably going to be extremely, extremely wrong about this, but I think I've been in, been to nine or 10 conventions in total. Um, because there is a convention here in Pittsburgh that is called uh, Tekka Shokan that is basically a big uh, Japanese culture culture convention. And it oh, kind of so cool. Yeah, it kind of doubles as like a it. It's mainly Japanese culture, but they also market it as like a gaming and comics convention, too. But you can barely tell that it's there. Like it's the gaming is definitely there because they have a whole entire uh, a whole room dedicated to video games. Um, but whenever you walk into like the dealer hall and everything that is uh, associated with like the conventions, like panels and everything, it's mainly anime, uh, Japanese mythology. Um, it's really, it's really, really cool. And I love going there. And that's like, uh, that's a yearly or that's a yeah that's an annual thing that i go to every single year just because i live an hour away from pittsburgh and usually what happens is i get a few friends we get a hotel we stay literally in walking distance of the convention center and just go and it's a fun time that's awesome we're planning on going to the retro game con uh in november it's in syracuse new york oh nice Uh, not too far from where we are now and have you ever played Metal Gear games before? I have Metal only Gear played Solid? Metal Gear 2. Okay. Metal Gear Solid 2, yeah. Okay. So you uh you know Snake, right? They uh, well the voice actor, the original voice actor for Snake, David Hayter, is going to be at the con and everything. <sighs> so I am so excited to go. 
because oh. he's like one of my favorite characters in all of video games because Metal Gear Solid is my favorite video game of all time. You so, gotta get him to sign everything, get your voicemail, like he has to do your voicemail, everything. You gotta get him to do a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I know, man. I gotta bring like my original copy of Metal Gear and everything, or I'll bring like the trilogy collection that I have and have him sign it. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, it's gonna be so awesome. Can't wait. Ain't that right, Horn? Yeah, I'm really excited to go back to. To meet Solid Snake. That would be pretty awesome. So that's coming this November. Yeah. And um seems like time's flying fast. Like we're pretty much a month away from Shadow Cape. It's crazy. So nice. So exciting. So great. What advice would you give to other people who want to become streamers and content creators? Um, it is... It is 100% stereotypical, or not stereotypical, uh, um, uh, hypocritical advice. Um, and that is, do not look at the numbers. No matter what you do, do not look at your numbers ever because if you look at your numbers and you don't do as good today as you did yesterday, that can bring your mood down immensely. Um, another thing too is uh, that there's actually a lot. There's so much. Um, don't do this for the wrong reasons. If you think you're going to start making YouTube videos and start streaming or what have you and immediately start making money, and it's usually the younger people who, who think this right off the bat, you are sadly mistaken. For me, for streaming for five years and accumulating all of the, um, not only the game library, but like the hardware that I have, I have spent had to have spent by now probably 10 to 20 times of what I've ever made doing streaming. Um, another thing is that actually took me a while to get over is it's not a, uh, it's not a battle Royale. Whenever you think about content creation, it like, and you see people do collaborations and everything, but whenever you're doing the content creation, if you think the uh, creation world is nothing but a battle royale and everybody's out for themselves, it is not like that. Um, collaborating with people, and you don't even have to call it collaborating. Just like, for instance, if I go and play with somebody who, el who also streams, like say we're playing Destiny together or we're playing uh, Battlefield together or whatever. If you don't call it collaborating, it is a lot easier to look at and a lot easier to do where you can just get a hold of somebody and be like, hey, do you want to play a game or something like that? You both are streaming at the same exact time. Just make sure you two are clear with each other. Like, hey, I'm going to be streaming. Are you okay with that? And as long as they're like, yeah, man, I'm going to be streaming too. As long as you're okay with that. As long as like there's communication, don't call it collaboration. And you, I mean, you technically can, but 
I found it a lot easier whenever you don't give it that label of collaboration and just have it be, hey, let's play together. It's a lot easier to like look at. Um, but yeah, the uh, another thing is don't don't forget to take breaks. Um, because content creation, especially whenever you go hard at it, can take a toll on your mental health and make you get inside your own head. And um, something that I'm still fighting with and I'm still getting over is every single, like I have a list of probably about 20 or so YouTube videos that I've made that I'm like fully ready to put out to the public, but don't do it because to me, they're not good enough. Something you have to get over is you are your own biggest critic. And if you continually hold yourself back, you'll never get anywhere. And like I said, that's still something that I'm struggling with. Like I've, I've just now started uh, putting some stuff up on YouTube and I'm trying to do that a little bit more. Um, doing like video content instead of straight streaming stuff. Um, most of all, the, the one piece of advice that, uh, that I was given, not directly, indirectly, um, whenever I started streaming was uh, just play the games you like and play what you're going to have fun with. Because if you're playing something that you're absolutely miserable with, um, nobody's going to enjoy your content, you aren't going to enjoy your content, and it's just going to be a bad time for everybody. Like I said before, that time to where I was like basically done with Destiny and I was streaming Destiny, I couldn't stand it. I was streaming Destiny for an hour and I was already burnt out of playing a game and I already wanted to quit the stream and just like shut everything off and whatever. But the moment that you realize what you want to play, it changes the whole entire mood for you, the stream, the chat, everything. It changes it, changes it so drastically. You don't know it unless it actually happens to you. Um, one of the one of the examples that I can give is um, one of the times that I was getting really burned out on Destiny. I switched over to uh, um, a game, my favorite game series ever, uh, Kingdom Hearts. I just switched over from Destiny to Kingdom Hearts. I was like, I'm I'm just gonna chill out on Kingdom Hearts for a little bit. If my mood doesn't pick up in a half hour, then I'll cut the stream off. I started playing Kingdom Hearts. I played Kingdom Hearts for four hours after that because I just I absolutely love the series. I love playing that game, and it just I just wrote it, and my mood got ridiculously better. That's good advice. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Have fun. Like that. That is like the biggest thing. Like just have fun. Enjoy what you're doing and everything. You know. Your, your attitude is infectious. If you're having a good time, other people are going to have a good time. Like people that are in your stream watching you and everything. Yeah, that was really great advice, Gray. And uh, thank you for sharing that with our community. I was going to say one thing, uh, Gray. Did you see that the uh, the remastering, the Lion... Not remastering, I'm sorry. They're um, bringing the Lion King and Aladdin in the collections to all the systems in October. Remember the old Lion King and Aladdin games? Or is that a oh, little bit? Do you no. remember them? Are you serious? I'm yeah. serious. Yeah. Yep. October 29th. And it's coming to 
all the systems uh xbox one uh oh man uh, ps4 switch i don't know if they said pc i think it was just the consoles i'm getting it for switch i already pre-ordered it for switch it's on Amazon. Not, you're so, making me really want to right now yeah you, you could pre-order it now they don't charge you until like october 29th or whatever it's 30 oh, bucks man it's 30 bucks you get like three versions of uh each game of aladdin and lion king and everything and yes the aladdin the genesis version of aladdin is the superior version <laughs> don't <laughs> at me <laughs> so speaking of nintendo ah. and that platform you did mention earlier that you do own a switch Oh, yeah. So do you play your Switch often? Do you have any favorite games? Um, I... Well, I bought my Switch whenever I realized I was... This is going to sound a lot more extravagant than it really is. I bought my Switch because I realized I was going to be traveling quite a bit. Um, I... Um, I knew... I bought my Switch before I went to... Uh, pack south and i knew before i went to pack south i was already going to go to uh guardian con so i was like i mean i gotta have something on these flights because i'm going from pittsburgh to all the way down to austin and then pittsburgh all the way down to uh oh god where was guardian gone florida yeah i forget exactly where anyway yeah florida but i was like i, I need something because my phone's not gonna the battery's not going to be great if I'm listening to music and playing a game or whatever. And I figured if another Pokemon game comes out, because I'm a big Pokemon fan, I was like, if another big Pokemon game comes out, it's probably going to be on the Switch, and they're probably not going to release another handheld to, like, you know, to shoot themselves in the foot. So I might as well get a Switch. Um, but... That's so funny. <laughs> oh man you know we're like the same way because when i got my switch literally i got it for the hopes of playing pokemon on it there you go and uh because i'm a pretty big pokemon fan dude i let me tell you something i spent like two weeks playing pokemon non-stop the reason why i was behind during the black armory is because i completely <laughs> neglected destiny i didn't sign on as soon as pokemon came out i grinded hard i have every single pokemon in the game including you i'm pretty hardcore and Damn. now i'm trying to get all the shinies okay and i already beat the game i think i put in like a hundred hours into it it's something ridiculous yeah i'm pretty hardcore about it that's dedication damn yeah oh dude pokemon is is my jam you should I'm start a pokemon so podcast you <laughs> should start a pokemon podcast the channel price doesn't even play pokemon i it, it missed me it, it, it passed me by like when it was popular i was already like in college and everything like, understandable oh you have the game what do you mean well, well, wait a second collection. yeah like, have you ever played it I never like played it more than an, uh, five hours. I played put in five hours to Let's Go, and that's the most Pokemon. Oh that's no! The most Pokemon I've no, ever played. No, no, no! You're not supposed to play Let's Go. Don't play Let's Go. Oh, <laughs> don't play oh. Let's Go. <laughs> no, don't play Let's Go. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. I understand people love Let's Go, 
but the the experience that people fell in love with is like old school like the oldest out i i wouldn't say the oldest i tell you to go back but like if you go back to the ogs like yellow version or gold version silver version uh ruby sapphire like those were the prime times to play pokemon yeah the I mean, let's go the let's go is very they saw what happened with that pokemon was a reimagining go. though that was a reimagining though of like yellow wasn't it yeah let's go. The, to, like a, to a certain to a certain extent and then like because pokemon go got so popular they were like what can, what from pokemon go can we put in a normal pokemon game and that so, was the cat that was the uh the joy con mechanic like of the catching i think right uh, like yeah doing that <laughs> yeah like don't get me wrong don't get me wrong like the uh i love the one thing i do love out of everything that uh let's go did is um the whole fact that you can see pokemon out in the wild which is beautiful and it should have been in the game like far before now but it shout out bryce if you really want to give pokemon a solid try try like ruby or sapphire yeah i have i have those games i have access oh. to those games uh it's just finding the it. time to do it that's the hardest thing um i understand that yeah i'll i mean are you getting sword and shield or one of the sword or shield yes, yes i am yeah <laughs> are I you guess getting sword. both <laughs> i'm debating on it have they released a price for the bundle yet Probably like one twenty, something like that. Yeah, I don't think there's a discount. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's one twenty. Well, that's the thing. I wasn't sure because if there was, if the bundle was going to be one twenty or whatever, like, if the bundle was going to be significantly reduced, like we'll just say, for instance, that the bundle was eighty five dollars or even ninety, I would have probably been like, you know what? Yeah, I'll pick up the bundle. But if it's going to be one hundred and twenty, I may just get sword. I pre-ordered Sword. That's what I have. You know, I don't really see the point of getting both versions because here's the thing. You'll be able to acquire those Pokemon through trading, so it's not going to be that big of a deal, I don't think. Between the I can tell you why I'd do it. Okay. The only reason why I would have both versions right from the get-go, if I could, and this is probably purely situational, is I would just get all the three starters to begin with. Because that's one thing that I love doing is getting all three starters in in the game. And if you can get them in the beginning of the game and just use them the whole entire way up, basically throughout all the gyms, you're almost unbeatable. Yeah, they got some cool mechanics for the new game that I've been watching some of the uh, trailers on. Will you be able to use the Pokeball Plus with the new game? No, I don't think so. It's not compatible. You're kidding. Really? That's terrible. Not compatible. They're going back to a more like old old style, old school style. Don't make the accessory useless then. Like, come on, Nintendo. Get it together. Yeah, more like, come on, Game Freak, get it together. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) Yeah, Game Freak. (laughs) And uh, we also actually just picked up something pretty cool that nintendo just came out with uh, me and shadow price just got the new nintendo switch console 
the updated yeah. model with the better battery life. Yeah. <sighs> the stealth like dropped like Nintendo never really even announced it. It literally you just went on their website and it was there. <laughs> kind of, you know. Oh really? Yeah. I mean they have it available. It's in a red box now. They have uh I don't know if they still have do they still have the deal corner at GameStop where you can trade it in for like um, I think they and... still have the deal, but the the base trade in price was dropped by twenty five bucks. So I think it's like one seventy five now instead of two hundred. Um, so you're gonna be getting two hundred bucks. But you're then they have the Switch lights bucks. too. They have the Switch lights coming out um, next yeah, month. Yeah, they do have the Pokemon Switch light coming out. But here's the thing for me: I play my Switch ninety percent of the time in front of a big screen TV. I do not play it portably. So for me to get a Switch Lite wouldn't really make sense because that's not really how I play the game, right? And if I had the option switching between portable mode and docked mode, I get it. But because you don't have that option, I'm kind of leaning against getting the Switch, even though they are coming out with a Pokemon limited edition version. The biggest thing that I appreciated for my Switch was my my trip uh, down to Guardian Con. I started Final Fantasy X uh, whenever my plane nice. took off. Conti- like, you know, played it throughout the whole entire flight, uh, landed, got to my hotel room, immediately hooked the dock up to my hotel TV or my, yeah, my room TV and just played there, played Final Fantasy X until like my friends were like, hey, you want to hang out? It's one of the greatest things ever because, like, you don't gotta, you know, you don't gotta sit there and use it as a handheld. You could just plug it in and put How it on the TV. And it's great. How does it look on the Switch? Uh, Final Fantasy Ten. Um, bit better than I remember because I the only time I played Final Fantasy Ten was the OG Final Fantasy Ten. PS2, right? And PS2. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. Um, on my flight to down to Tennessee, I was playing Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, awesome. Yeah, and Final Fantasy XII uh, looks really good on Switch too. So it's better than I, re- you know, like I said, like you said, better than we remember seeing it like back in the day. I will say this: it was the first time that I ever noticed that Yuna has uh, heterochromia eyes. Hmm. That's like a color. This, well, she has one blue eye and one green eye. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that is the yeah. first time I've ever noticed that ever, and I played through all of Final Fantasy X on PlayStation Two. I don't yeah. know if that's sad or what, but like, if that tells you anything <laughs> about how it looks. <laughs> are we talking about Yuna from the Asian servers, or are we talking about <laughs> something else? I think that's what where they we- got her. They got her what are we name. Talking about oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Yuna in Final Fantasy X, uh, one of the main characters. Okay, so it's not Yuna in Destiny. No, not that Yuna. Okay, no. Just, just double checking on that. So, welcome to the Switch Podcast. <laughs> yeah, really. Switch Podcast, everyone. And by the way, for our chat, if you have any questions for Gray, do type it in chat, and we will make sure to ask during this segment so go ahead and type in your questions down below in chat and we will make sure to ask live on the show they'll hold me down and make me answer exactly we're gonna well we did put him on the hot seat so you know 
there's no it's no hold barred it's quite toasty here yeah <laughs> so gray what do you do when you're not playing destiny um sounds like he's playing his switch <laughs> right <laughs> i mean you're not wrong sir <laughs> um i'm uh uh, there's there's actually a whole bunch of things that I do. Uh, one of the things is I, I take in a lot of content. So like I watch a whole bunch of Rooster Teeth content. I watch a whole bunch of Markiplier content. I've actually been... Uh, I finally caught up to... Um, I don't know if you guys uh, watched the D&D show Critical Role. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it before. Um, I, I've never played D&D before in my life. And I want to so bad right now. I played it when um, I was a kid, just like they do in Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> the way the way that they they do it in Critical Role, Critical Role is so awesome. And like I I know that there's so many other uh, other people out there that do this, but um, the cast of Critical Role is made up of entirely nothing but voice actors. So whenever they go and do anything like they're in character the entire time they do voices they do everything and the fact that their dungeon master is matt mercer and matt mercer has a variable spectrum of voices just like the freaking rainbow that he can grab from and use is just awesome plus he's a really 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 good storyteller um i uh like i i try and introduce people to critical role like obviously you're going to be watching D. so it's it's D. there's dice rolling there's you know sheets and everything but there's times to where you almost think it's scripted but there's no way that it even entirely could be because they do the dice rolls live in front of you um there's some awesome moments that happen in that show that it's just because of the roll of the dice that ju- that it just makes it insane. Um, along with watching that type of stuff, I've been trying to learn more and more of Adobe Premiere Pro and uh, Audition, which I'm really glad that you guys helped me out with Audition earlier. Uh, and uh, trying to get better with those and After Effects as well because I know that's a big thing that people like, and I've yet to get into Photoshop, but that is probably coming soon because apparently if you can Photoshop anything, you are highly renowned in the internet sphere. Nice. So, so what's that, uh, what network is that critical uh, role on? It, you go to YouTube and just type in critical role. Oh, okay. It should be, it should be the first one to pop up. Um, Actually, they do have a Twitch channel. Like, they're the Critical Role is literally the only scheduled like broadcast thing that I watch live. Um, mm-hmm. and they're actually doing it tonight. And um, it's just like it, it's it's just so awesome. Like, there's there's so much I could say about it, but I don't have near enough time but if you just look up critical role you should be able to find it and it's role uh r-o-l-e not r-o-l-l oh yeah yeah yeah. gotcha lots of personalities on there then huh oh yeah it's really cool great who influenced you the most in our community oh man 
Um, That's a tough one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it is. And I think I have one, although it wasn't. What was said wasn't directed to me, but what he said resonated with me. Um, it was the third Guardian Con, and I went there with a couple of friends. Um, uh, friends who live down there in, uh, in Florida, who I've actually met through streaming and stuff. And so I went down there, stayed with them. Long story short, we were at Guardian Con for a little bit. And um, my one friend, she was having... She was like struggling streaming and stuff and not struggling streaming as in like getting trolls and hate, but like just not feeling like streaming. Um, and she ended up getting a hold of uh, Broman. And he was actually doing his own thing. He was actually a, a, across a uh, like a barrier from her, but she ended up getting his attention and uh, he was nice enough to come over. And she's like, listen, I, for some reason, I just don't feel like streaming. Like, is there any, is there any advice that you can give me? He's like, listen, there's, I'm going to tell you the truth right now. He's like, there's days to where I literally have to press that go live button with my eyes closed. He's like, because there are days to where I just don't feel like doing it. But at the end of the day, if you're enjoying it and you know, you enjoy it, then that feeling of, oh, man, I really don't want to do this just turns upside down. He's like, you can, you, at first you can feel like, oh man, I don't feel like doing this. But at the end of your stream, you could be like, oh man, that awesome. So although he said it to her, me overhearing what he said was like one of those things that's, that kind of motivates me um, a good bit because I just think about that anytime that, I'm on the fence of not like, should I stream today? Oh man, feeling it, but I, but I kind of do, oh man. And I'm just like, to hell with it. Press the button and then I go. And it usually does work out for the better. It's usually a, a positive experience. So, uh, <clears throat> so bro man then, huh? Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, he is. I, I think I started watching Broman when they first were streaming, when they first did their the Vault of Glass uh, way back uh, way back in, in 2014 is when I first discovered Broman. And I was like, wow, yeah. this, this is a cool dude. Broman is involved with uh, Guardian Con, right? He's one of the founders. Yeah, he's one of the founders with uh, yeah, Gethana if I correctly. and uh, K-Magic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's awesome. So last question before we move on to the next segment. What is next for you? What what do you plan for the next 12 months? Um I feel really bad because I feel like I've taken forever for this discussion segment. Um Dude, that's totally but, cool. We're having a blast. <laughs> as long as you guys that's are challenge. having fun and all the listeners are having fun. Um, I, I touched on it a little bit before I plan on, uh, at the beginning of next year, moving down to Austin, Texas. Um, okay. beyond that, I don't have any plans other than, uh, my mentality on moving down to Austin is 
the the area that I'm in right now, uh, about an hour south of Pittsburgh, the area itself is not positive. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of negative stuff, uh, whether it be uh, homophobia or racism, and it's like rampant here, and you come across it all the time. Um, and people just being like really crappy with each other and not treating each other with kindness. And it's something that I didn't know affected me until I sat down and took a hard look at everything around me and then realized like, oh, wow, this is actually affecting how I feel on a daily basis. Um, so as soon as this is going to really sound really bad for the area, but as soon as I get out of here, I honestly don't have a plan other than I'm still going to try and continue to work for rooster teeth and being down there in austin texas where rooster teeth is based i can only see good things like especially my mood coming up like if as long as i feel better i'm perfectly fine with whatever else that's uh that's really profound i i kind of felt the same way in 2017 i was in an environment that just was not good and until I got out of that place, or until the people that were living below me got out of that place and around me, that's when I finally started feeling like myself again and everything. Um, so I'm glad yeah. you said that. So I'm not the only one who feels that way. No, you're definitely I don't not feel the like only the weirdo. One. No, you're not the only one. It's uh, yeah. When you're not in your, you're not in the right environment, and you you just you can't get in in your right frame of mind and everything you know you feel like on edge a lot and things like that you know just things that didn't bother you before will bother you and just get you know getting yourself in the right headspace and everything you know and getting yourself in a place that's you know your kind of people that you can you know like relate to more is definitely more conducive to your well-being and everything yeah interesting you say that and uh yeah you want to feel safe secure and happy in your environment wherever it may be so yeah it just goes to show you there's just the world is so big there's like in the place you're not if you're not happy where you're at it makes sense to uh, you know just just move get out of that area place and Go to where you're going to be happy and everything. Or, you know, make the switch. Make I'm not switch. shamelessly promoting anything right now at all. <laughs> just, just saying. That's not happening. Um, so, great. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with our community. You have a really awesome story, and we wish you nothing but the best in texas and with your career at rooster teeth i know you're gonna do great and you've been working so hard over the last five years and you've been so consistent i've hung out with you in stream multiple times and the way you interact with your community and you just make people feel good and help them and don't make them feel like shit because they don't know something and uh it's definitely an admirable thing. So thank you for what you do in our community and for sharing your story. 
Thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. Honestly, never thought that I'd be getting to sit here and talk about that type of stuff. And I really appreciate the chance. So we have something kind of big to talk about next. And we're going to continue the conversation about destiny. And we cannot continue the conversation about destiny without talking about seasons destiny. Because earlier today, Luke Smith released another article on the Bungie uh, website, and it was titled Seasons in Destiny 2 Year 3. Um, we're going to be diving into the seasonal philosophies and how seasons are shifting to fit with how Bungie tells stories and moves the world forward and the vision that they have for Destiny 2 as a single evolving world. So today we actually got a chance to learn about quite a few things that in some ways gave us a clear picture to where we're going, but in other ways created some questions along the way as well. And I'm really curious to get a chance to chat with you guys tonight about this and to talk about some of the things that Luke Smith mentions in this um, article about seasons in Destiny 2. Uh, the first thing that I think was kind of profound was learning that Shadowkeep is going to have a size comparable to Rise of Iron expansion. And if I recall correctly, this is the first time that Bungie went on record to discuss the size of Shadowkeep. I don't think they ever did that before today. So that was really interesting for them to come out and reveal. So now we know officially it's going to be about the same size as Rise of Iron was. What do you guys think of that? I'm uh, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, cause uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we were we weren't expecting this. Like uh, before we learned that that Bungie was gonna do like an actual expansion in the fall, we thought we were gonna get like some sort of just just an annual pass, another kind of you know. If we were lucky, so House of Wolves type thing, yeah, some small content drop. But I had a feeling like they were going to release something like kind of substantial, just because you know this is their first offering to you know the Destiny community as a you know self publisher and everything. Yeah, as an indie studio, that's like, and the first yeah. time ever that we see Destiny two on Steam. And the first time ever that we're seeing a free-to-play version of Destiny, which is really interesting for Bungie to change. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, before we do, we know that we're going to the moon and we're going to get a chance to explore the evolved version of the moon since we were last there. We're getting pretty substantial overhauls to key game systems such as armor that gives you more choices on how you play and look. We'll also get an evolution of game difficulty systems starting with changes to nightfall strikes. 
they actually also revealed something during Gamescom to the matter as well. Um, what do you guys think of all these things that Luke Smith was talking about during the uh, reveal earlier? There was a lot of information in this article. Like he gave so many different, like, you know, changes that are going to be coming during the seasons. And, you know, we did see that at Gamescom last week when we saw the difficulty settings. Looks like it's just going to start with like the nightfall and like the nightmare hunts um, from what they said, you know, and it looks like he said, we're starting there. So it looks like they want to evolve that like to other, uh, you know, activities in the game too, which I'm, you know, pretty, I'm all for. I think there should be difficulty spectrum across the game, in my opinion. No, I could definitely agree with that because it makes some of the things, I mean, it would help, it would help overall if you can kind of set difficulties uh, differently per player. But I understand not wanting to do that because you could technically have somebody set the easiest difficulty and then the people run the highest and then just have the easiest person do all the work. Um, but still, I, I I like that idea. And if there's going to be uh, tiered rewards for everything, I think I would be that would be pretty decent as well. Yeah, it looks like there will be from what we saw in the article and everything too. So, yeah, yeah, there were some pretty interesting changes, and I think having a difficulty system would definitely benefit the game because I almost feel like Destiny has been trying to figure out what their difficulty levels are because they've experimented with prestige mode. They've had prestige nightfalls. They had different things that they experimented with, but they never really found a formula that really worked. So I really hope that this time around, the leveling system is kind of more similar to what we had with Halo, honestly. I really enjoyed what they did with the normal heroic and legendary difficulties so i really hope that we get something at least as good as that if not better yeah plus in death we had the difficulty settings in destiny one too like for a lot <clears throat> of activities so i mean it's always been a part of bungie games you know it was in halo too you know i mean normal heroic legendary you know so i mean it's do you guys think they're gonna do something totally different with the leveling systems now with shadow keep well yeah i mean the that um where, what's the cap 960 that's going to be like the the light cap or the power cap and then we're going to yeah. be able to go further with the artifact we're going to be able to add additional power with the artifact you know to our leveling so which actually if i remember correctly 960 isn't even the should I say this soft cap? Because I do believe the soft cap is 950. Like, I think that's the highest it'll drop for you in the regular yeah, game. And then the, and then, and then the pinnacle uh, acti activities will drop gear higher right. than 950. Yeah. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I think that's a step in the right direction. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough, but I definitely think it's a good step. Like, for example, if they changed the difficulty system, but we're still playing the same strikes with the same drops, 
I don't think it's going to make one bit of a difference because overall the experience is still lacking where we don't really have enough new content. And I think that's been the problem with Bungie. They've been struggling with keeping up with the pace of content to what their consumer base demands based on how we consume the content. And they've tried to work around it and to find ways to deliver on the content without overwhelming their teams. But apparently, as we saw in the um, state of address by Luke Smith, their teams were still struggling even during this annual pass, which some might argue had some ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, it was... That 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 was documented, yeah, by Luke Smith. Basically, parallel development at the same time, building three different kinds of activities for the different environments put a lot of stress on the team. What do you What do you guys think is the answer to this? Um, the answer to providing annual pass well, that gives you meaningful uh, content. What is What is the answer to Bungie's struggle with keeping up with the pace of creating all of this content that we demand like how do you answer that what is the solution that bungie can implement that would make things better to- i think i think just being able to pivot like being very flexible in your you know you with the company and everything now being able to pivot and make decisions you know in a more timely manner like when they're creating the content get feedback from the community. And that's what I feel like they're doing with Crucible Labs and everything. They're they're testing out Elimination because we haven't had that game mode in a long time since Destiny 1. And they're going to get feedback from everybody. They, they want to hear feedback from people. I think one of the things that might actually help, and granted, I, I know very little on how game works, but from what he has said before in the past is the team would work the team would be basically lumped some as a whole and then half of the team maybe work on strikes and the other half of the team works on crucible and then during uh whatever the last year was or what have you the whole team was working on nothing but pve stuff and barely anything on pvp stuff i think if you have if you have little small little splinter groups of the big team as a whole so, like, let's just say these 10 people, their job is to work on nothing but PvE or PvP. So they're, they're nothing but Crucible. These 10 people are nothing but Gambit, and these 10 people are nothing but uh, um, Strikes, and these 10 people are nothing but Raids. And then have that huge, the full team, the rest of the full team, basically pivoting and working on one thing at a time while also having those teams of 10 people still working on something. You understand what I mean? And so that's, like, what it, that's what I meant by being flexible and everything. Right. You know. But if you, I think if you have people who are constantly working on something, like if you have those people who are dedicated to raids, and then it's just like, hey, it's the raid team's turn. Let's just say for this month, it's the raid team's turn. The the whole studio shifts focus, but the people in the P, the ten people in PvP, the ten people in Gambit, and the ten people in strikes or pve still work on what you're doing 
it's just that the whole studio is going to be backing or building the raid now. I don't know. Like, it, I think if you have constant work on it, it does help. But the more you split the team up, the more it hurts it. Yeah. But that's just me personally, and I don't know anything about game development. See, I, I know that uh, Borderlands had a very successful DLC model with how they built their game. And none of their DLCs were made in-house. They actually brought in other studios to pretty much develop that content while they were like working on the core product. So I, I think there's maybe a lesson to take home from that with maybe they're taking on too much to be able to deliver on what they're charging for, right? I mean, you have other games that are giving out content even for free. I mean, look at games like No Man's Sky. It was a flop when it came out, but they came out with seven or eight DLCs that were excellent and free. And I'm not saying that Destiny should become a free game. But well, part I of it will be. I mean, exactly. In Part of it will so, be, but, but actually, there a lot some, of it. There's a big, there's a big gonna, chunk of it that will be talk free. About that, because I, I think that there are some concerns that I personally have with that system that I do want to bring up, because ultimately it is a business and they have to make money in order to sustain the product, and if they give away too much for free, you kind of wonder how are they going to make money here. What's going to incentivize the common player to go and purchase a $35 expansion or a $10 season pass when they get so much for free and most people may not really care about the roles that you have on a specific legendary set. They just want a legendary set. So they have that in their collection because they're collectors. So they grind out the free version of the season pass and they get that and just stop playing because they're not going to be the hardcore players. Right? I see what you're saying. And we're going to get I mean, into it. I mean, we're we're, we're, we're going to get into this. <laughs> we're going to really dive in. We're but, definitely uh, going to get into this. Get your soul Before we do, there are some more things that we're, we're going to kind of run down here on the show that Luke Smith talked about during the article that was released earlier today. Um, he talks about the... Uh, Features that make it easier to play with your friends, such as New Light. Obviously, we're starting to have a passionate discussion about that already. And, of course, Cross Save that is now live. I have come across more than a couple of people who were coming from Xbox and PlayStation and other platforms. And See, it's, it's already cool. happening. It's yeah. already happening. It's, it's pretty cool to get a chance to play with a bigger community base because now... The community isn't segmented, and I think that's a really important thing, not only for us to be able to play together, but for the core ability for Bungie to sustain a larger community that can play together. Because now, the communities aren't closed to Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Now, it's a bigger ecosystem, so you have more people that you can play with. 
because of the cross-save feature. And I've been seeing a larger influx of players, and when Shadowkeep New Light comes out, that's going to be an explosion of players. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people, especially when we talk about all of the things that we'll be getting with Destiny 2 New Light. You kind of then wonder, okay, so I'm paying $35 for what exactly? Because they're giving away so much for free. And we'll talk about that as well. I'm going to be uh, so busy. Just a little bit. Yeah, we're just <laughs> prepping and rebounding for it right now. And um, uh, Bungie talked also about deepening the parts of Destiny 2 that we know and love. What can that mean? How can they deepen the parts of Destiny 2 that we know and love? Uh, just be- bigger, better chases. Better chases for loot. Um, uh, probably more involved uh, story content and things like that. Yes, yes. Um, oh so, my god, yes. Yeah. I think, I think that's what he means, you know. I'll go on a limb say that. I'll say that for uh, a thousand, Alex. I I'm going to say that he does talk about deepening the customization that you have with your armor and creating deeper quest lines that progress longer. I think that traditionally Destiny has been a pretty grindy game, and I think they're going to be going back to that even more so than they have before because the feedback they got from forsaken was that it's just not grindy enough it's too easy it's not really rewarding so they learned from that and in some ways they went a little too far there labs i don't know if great have you done there labs i haven't done the do you mean to open the lab itself, like that full riddle that you have to solve? Yeah, and you get like something dumb for completing it. No, and I think the only reason why that didn't hit as well as, um, what was the was it outbreak that had the binary code that you had to solve? Yeah, yeah. I think the only reason why that didn't hit as hard is because the Destiny community. Okay, I'm good. this is going to be broad and going to be a very big assumption. We're nerds, okay? So, like, plain and simple, we're nerds, and the mo- most of us probably, not most, there's going to be a section that knows binary. If I remember correctly, all of Niobe Labs was based on poems and, like, literature? Something like that, yeah, yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I know we got a lot of readers in this community. Like, don't get me wrong at all. But I think it was all, I think it was literature and poems from, like, every single one of the nationalities that each of the Forges watched. So I think there was one from uh, Japan, one from Russia, and then what was the last yeah. one? French, right? The other one was yeah. French, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you had to know literature from three different regions three different countries and it's like <laughs> I, I can see if people came together for it but the fact that people people tried I to think, come together for it and they still couldn't figure it out well right it's like you have this whole entire long uh reddit post it's like okay so this is kind of involving this and i don't think there was 
I think if you put the if like let's just say that there were parts of the Niobe Labs opening that was in very specific books. Um so like let's just say there's a book called The Crane Dance. In a hint to the Niobe Labs uh code, put a footnote or put something in about the crane dance or a crane dance. That way that's a hint to go, oh, hey, look at this book. And then if you if somebody in the Destiny community is like, oh, yeah, I've read that book like 50 times. I love that book. You can literally go up to that person and be like, OK, please tell us how this this and then they show them all of the glyphs and pictures and everything, how this correlates some way to that book. But I don't think that. Maybe they were yeah, overshooting I, how broad the audience is. I see exactly. Yeah, some hints in game would have been nice, like, you know, to to like help solve like the riddle and everything yeah, you know like because binary binary is like i mean we have nasa people that play destiny because you know they're sci-fi nerds like any almost anybody who works in space like knows we, we, know, we know one don't we corn we know somebody who works in nasa that plays destiny oh jesus so. we do <laughs> <laughs> but you get what i mean though like they know binary so if they see a binary code they're like oh yeah this is easy just give me one second and then they write it down and then you got to go find out the rest of it like for yeah. something like that had to deal with deep but literature. here's the thing too the rewards matched the activity for <laughs> for that this the rewards didn't match the activity you are it, correct <laughs> you know the rewards did not match this like arcade like abstract puzzle that like nobody could figure out like you know just like how was anybody supposed to figure it out like you know how was anybody gonna know like thousands of years of history and books and literature and things like that that would have like you know to solve this is just like yeah i i think bungie definitely has a rewards problem right now i think they're just there's not enough meaningful stuff doesn't feel as special as destiny one did and I really hope they figure it out because I think that if they fix that, you know, it's like you're doing so many things right, but if you just like fix this one piece of the puzzle, you'll have a great game. And I think they're close in that respect, you know, and it can't be that difficult for them to dress up the tower with new vendor things with, ways to incentivize us to come back and want to play these activities to make new strikes that we can play instead of having us continue grinding out the same old strikes that just feel kind of boring by by now and that's one thing that the annual pass didn't quite do for me like there were no vendor refreshes there wasn't a single new strike or new crucible maps. And that was kind of a big thing that was really missing for me with this annual pass. And I really hope they are able to create those activities because I think that's what's going to sustain the game and make the grind worth in the long run. One example I have before we get off of this subject of the 
the grind, the risk matching the reward is, um, so I talked earlier about how I'm helping people get whisper and I'm helping people get outbreak. Um, so after, after I run people through the whisper mission, um, uh, people usually ask like, okay, so how do I get the catalyst? I literally tell them, don't worry about it because the guns work. And it's not that the gun is completely worthless. It's just that there is so many better weapons out there than whisper right now because they nerfed it and put it back to black spindle. Like the, mm-hmm. if, if they would have kept the white nail perk to just pull from the air ammo, you could constitute it and you can still keep it as an exotic gun. But as of right now, it to me, in my eyes, it is just a really good legendary gun and they'll never knock it down the legendary. Just because, I, honestly, in my personal opinion, I think that if you have a full team of Outbreak uh, Perfecteds and you have a full team of Whisper of the Worms, I think the Outbreak Perfecteds will outdo damage on the Whisper of the Worms. Granted, over time, it's not going to initially do it, but Outbreak is far better gun than Whisper ever will be. And as far as damage goes, whenever I like whenever I was running people through raids or through Shattered Throne, I was like, just put on Outbreak and we'll be fine. That's the, what I told everybody. And the fact that Whisper wasn't even an option, even though we were doing damage from very long range, is like it's really sad because I really want Whisper to be a thing. But it's not anymore. Yeah, I I think they should have, they probably shouldn't have brought Whisper back the way they did, like with having infinite ammo and everything, just because you set that expectation, you know, people expect the gun to like, you know, still be powerful and everything like that, you know, but it's like, it did the same thing in D1, you know, when it was legendary as black hammer and it was had infinite ammo. If you landed your shots and everything, and they put it down to black spindle. You know, it's like, that's the thing is you can't have everything, you know, just get, to make everything the easy button and everything, you know, you got to have some level of challenge and everything, you know, I mean, but then there's also the, you know, uh, just create more, you know, more creative boss fights, you know, have them move around a lot more. So you're, you're, not, staying, you. so you're not standing in one place, just shooting pinking away you know and so i guess that argument can go both ways yeah you know i think that bungie is in a very interesting spot right now because they do have to make a lot of changes all around because i mean they had to change the way the company is structured based on the fact that they no longer have a publisher they're responsible for all of the publishing and marketing for the game. And that's a pretty big responsibility to have to take on, and especially without having the extra financial support by Activision. Now it's even more critical that Bungie makes the right decisions. Um, I I think that Luke Smith and the other higher-ups at Bungie were pretty... pretty... um, clear about the fact that they don't know if there will be a destiny three there they said that we're going to play it by ear and see how things go this year and i think they were pretty honest about that because if people do not buy the game bungie isn't google bungie can only sustain 
a loss so many times before it's going to need more funding, whether it be, you know, getting on support from another company, which I don't see Bungie ever going down or going under because I think that Bungie will always go down as the company that created Halo, the one of the greatest games of our generation. And that's not going to change. And they created Destiny, which for all of its shortcomings, I think they did a lot of things really well. And I think that Bungie built a very immersive world that even if it's for a short period of time, whether it be a week or two, it's fun, it's exhilarating, it's exciting, it's thrilling, it's fun to play the new content. And yes, it will get old. And sometimes developers will not be able to keep up with the pace. But game development is hard, you know? So it's not going to always come out perfect. Yep, and that's deep in the parts of Destiny 2 we know and love. Yeah. And there we go. So how seasons support Year 3 in Destiny? Um, we know that Year 3 will have four fully supported seasons content. Uh, last year's annual pass had only three, but this year you can opt in for each season for 10 bucks. You won't have to pay upfront for an entire year of content like you did with Forsaken Annual Pass. And we also know that uh, you can buy the Digital Deluxe Edition that does include all of the seasonal content along with Shadow Keep for $59.99. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it comes with some extra stuff too, right? comes with some emotes and uh, ornaments. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, emote, was it a ornament, ghost shell or a ship? I can't, I can't remember what, what's in there. Um, but yeah, there's like three things you get with it. Yeah, and let's let's dive into the changes that are coming with seasons in Destiny 2. Uh Shadow Price, do you want to kick things off? Uh sure. Yeah, uh Luke goes on to say uh, for seasonal changes in Destiny 2, he says that with each season in Destiny, we want players to feel like as a community they are contributing to Destiny's evolving world. Each season in Destiny has to ride the line between delivering self-contained season-long world arcs and making the handoff to the next season. Together, seasons move the Destiny universe forward. In the season of Undying, the portal to the Black Garden that was opened as a part of the Jacket Quest has awoken the Vex, and they are now pouring out across the surface of the moon. Working with Ikora, players will do some stuff, go somewhere, fight some things, and solve a problem, a.k.a. redacted. By the end of the season, the portals will close, the world state will change, and the seasonal activity connected to it will go away. Everyone who plays Destiny will be able to see how the world is different and changing during the season. Those with the season pass will be able to play a seasonal match-made activity within the Black Garden for that extra level of sweet gear. This is similar to the old annual pass access. But the goal is that everyone will be involved how the world changes. 
Weapons critical to the meta will not be locked in each season for new players or for players who missed it that season. Legendaries and exotics you need to stay competitive will be re-earnable in the future, although not always immediately after the season ends. So it's uh, pretty interesting uh, that he, what he goes on to say here, that basically the the way the seasons are going to evolve, we're, we're going to have... We're going to play a part in that, like very MMO-like, actually, if you think about it. You know, how the seasons are going to change, how we're going to do something out in the world to evolve it. And we're also getting an activity in the Black Garden, not just the raid, so that's pretty cool. What do you, what do you think of that, Gray? Um, honestly, that is something that I have been ever since uh d1 and um i remember one of the things being like man i really wish if something big happened i really wish it would kind of show it um very similar to how the dreaming city has the three uh three week rotation where it slowly gets more and more taken um the closest or in destiny one the closest thing that i saw to that was um uh like rise of iron whenever everything got all siva e i love that because you saw like oh there's a threat siva and it's really taken over and you can actually see it um if we are going to be able to i doubt that they would go into this much detail but if we were uh if we were given like if they have a hidden uh goal for us like let's just say for instance over the whole entire season we have to kill three billion vex on the moon we have to kill three billion vex and we have to kill in every single area because like you know the all areas are split up into instances um and some of these instances they have a goal for those instances and it's like the goals are tiered so let's just say one of the uh one of the instance one of the areas on the moon we don't meet that goal out of all the areas on the moon that area and only that area has like vex architecture you see some of the like some of their um geometric shapes show up like you see some of their uh metal uh it's like some of the uh vex metal climbing up a building or some radalorian stuff like in a puddle somewhere where it seems like if we didn't protect this area good enough, the Vex almost kind of took it over. Like I said, I don't think they would go that detailed, but if they do have some sort of hidden goals for us to kill 2 billion Vex, and if we don't reach that, then the moon has Vex architecture in places for the rest of all time, that would be really cool because they would release it later, like saying, Hey, we had a invisible goal for you guys. You guys didn't reach it. And if you want to be technical about this in game, the Vex won. I mean, you pushed them back, but they, they did win ground. I mean, that would be really cool. In my opinion. And I think that's kind of what he's getting at. Just maybe not to that degree. Yeah. Because they say the portals hit the portals are going to open up. At the after what we do on the jacket quest, which he means the raid, when somebody beats the raid, it's going to cause a world-changing event to happen. 
that the portals are going to open up and the Vex are going to start pouring out and everything. Um, and we're going to have to fight them. And I uh, think it was called the, uh, what was it, the Vex? What was the name of that activity? It's not Incursion. Uh... I know, I was thinking the same thing, Vex, <laughs> Vex Incursion. He, he listed it in the uh, article. Vex. Uh... Wait, no, I got it. I think it's down for her. Um, it is the Vex Offensive. Offensive, yes. Yes. The Vex Offensive. So we're going to be fighting hordes and hordes of Vex throughout um, the system, it sounds like. so. Which, to me, that's wonderful, because if they're, like, my favorite enemy in the entire game Vex. Vex? So I'll be right at home. Yeah, me too. I'm a huge fan of the Vex. I love the music associated with the Vex. Oh, like yeah. it, they have that very like uh, uh I don't know like this like angry techno almost like I don't I, I it's hard to like no like, I get what you mean I totally get what you mean it's like an industrial like an industrial angry techno like you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> like like music that you would hear in like a tool album or something like that yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Bringing so. it all back around. <laughs> Full circle, baby. Yep. For your inoculum. Comes out tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We we know that uh, the world is going to be changing on a more constant basis. And it's going to be reactive to our accomplishments and our achievements in the game. Yeah, that's kind of like a symbiotic kind of thing happening you know luke smith mentions that weapons critical to the meta will not be locked in each season for new players or for players who missed that season legendaries and exotics you need to stay competitive will be re-earnable in the future although not always immediately after the season ends so that was interesting for luke smith to state that and he did also talk about creating a standardized reward system and that was kind of kind of interesting first they did talk about seasonal artifacts and they did reveal more about seasonal artifacts I believe back in June, I think, was when we first learned about it, but we didn't have too many details. Yeah, we saw it in the Vidoc that they uh, had out of the shadows and uh, when they revealed yeah. Shadowkeep. So we know that we know now that it will be available free for all players. Mm-hmm. It will also unlock additional mods to socket into Armor 2.0 gear. Um, also, you can earn XP and progression by playing the game, so it doesn't really matter what you do in the game, you'll be able to get progression done by playing anything. So I think that's a better system than what we had with, and you grab a powerful bounty from this, and this, and this, and it just felt like a chore, kind of, you know, like... Everything gave you a powerful bounty, but then they kind of nerfed certain powerful bounties where it's like a plus one 
others are plus five. So some of them were annoying and kind of pointless. Others meant something. So they're going to be making some changes to that, which I do like. Um, we also know that the power increase that you get from this seasonal artifact will end at the end of the season and it will reset. What do you guys think about that? I think it's an interesting um, path that they're uh, taking here. It's going to add more, I think, better uh, incentive for people. Uh, I think uh, more chases, like for, for loot, more intentionality um, out, through your leveling. Um, I think it's more it's more geared towards what an RPG does as far as leveling goes. Like you play and you level up, you know, like that's how a lot of RPGs are out there. You play the game doing whatever you're doing and you level up. See, I, I get that, but I do also have a concern here. And here's why I say that, because if you, make something really grindy for you to to get this artifact maxed out or to become really powerful and then they completely just make it pointless after the season ends does that not kind of break the immersion or ruin the game for some people let me give you an example if you're playing the game and you were going to upgrade your item the the artifact and you're now halfway through the end of the season some players might decide you know what screw this it's not worth it i'm already i already missed half the season so it's not going to be worth doing so there is that concern but i do see the benefit that the developers get where if something goes wrong they reset in the next season so nobody can become too powerful yeah it's that whole idea of them being flexible too and be able to pivot they said this is something we can make changes to along the way this is a this is an experiment they went and they said that you know so they're going to be able to make changes as they see fit they're going to be monitoring us the whole time they they know how many hours that we all log in this game they can see every little thing that we do Uncle Deej is watching you, kids. Just know this. He's watching you. He knows so. what you're doing. Another thing is, is like, I thought the whole, I know the, I know the season passes this way, but I thought also along with the season pass, your artifact gains experience no matter what you do. So there's going to be like, eventually, sooner or later, you're going to max that thing out. If you just keep on playing, you're going to max it out. So even if you were like, oh man, there's no point in me maxing this out. If you continue to play the game, it will be maxed out. You may not fill in all the slots, but let me tell you, it will be maxed out. Yeah, but you'll be able to climb as high as you want. Like, they literally, there's no cap on the artifact and everything during that season. But I'm sure, after, get... I'm sure after a certain point, though, like that they had to have scaled the XP that you needed like correctly well like, yeah there's i no, mean there's, there's no way you're gonna be 1500 by the end of season one well no there's gonna be a delta when you're so far above something like say 100 
I think that's what they said the delta is, if I'm not mistaken. Once you're like 100 above or below or something, you're not going to do any extra damage or anything because you've pretty much maxed your damage and everything. Because right. at, that, at that point, it's just going to be like, you know, a badge saying you got that high or whatever. So, you know, some people, some people's going to go for that. You know, some people are going to be out there. Some, you know, people in the community are going to see how high they can get. I just want to be 999 and go through the Shattered Throne solo. I think a lot of people want to do that. <laughs> Please have it be something, have it be something good. That's a whole discussion. <laughs> Damn lore. Now, when this, like, yeah, so when the season's over, we're going to go back down to 960 if we made it to 960, right? Because we're going to lose that power, basically, that we got from the artifact. I'm assuming so. Well, yeah. let me ask you this now that I think about it. Okay, so let's just say, for instance, okay, because they're, because they're so focused on the whole making you not only look good, but play good, where basically it comes down to the armor that you get you're just trying to get uh you're just trying to get a certain look you want and you want a certain element that you want other than that there's nothing delegating your armor as far as i i i'm understanding right other so than like, the stats other than the intellect discipline strength oh that's right mobility okay. um resilience and what's the last one uh recovery um, yeah so I know, I know this won't happen, but I just want to throw it out there to you guys. What do you think, uh, how would you receive it if that once you get to 960, that's the hard cap? And whenever the, uh, the season resets, whenever we have next season, sure, it takes away your artifact, but you're still 960, and that's still the cap. Some people have uh, talked about this and everything. So, like, if you just scale, like, any new story missions that come up that have to deal with that that season or whatever is just scaled accordingly to you. So, at the next season, you're just going to level the artifact. You're saying not, you're not going to give above 960? Right. And the, the whole thing is, like, you would be, the whole chase would be for armor instead of for power. And the artifact, too. I mean, I would be fine with that because I just see the power as a number, basically. Like, when I look at the power, I look at it as just a number, you know? Um, and that was the biggest problem for Destiny for the longest time was what was, the, what was the goal? What was the idea? What was the reward for getting max power? Like, th there really was nothing, like, you know, that was out there for you know there was no reason for you to get to max power like there that's doesn't true. seem there doesn't seem to be a reason you know and that's how i feel like they're in their experiment with this artifact they they want to see how people are going to play and well what kind of um how they want to level like if is it is this the leveling system that they would will like more you know well if you think about it, light level is a source of power. It's a source of energy, and the more you have it, the stronger you are as a guardian, right? That's what destiny has been for the longest time. I think but that it, sometimes the grind is 
too great for what they're asking you to do. And they have to tweak things and change things in order to make them more doable for more players, right? Sometimes they go a little too far. But I think overall, I think that light plays a part in the lore of the game. It's your power. It's your energy. Remember in Destiny 2, when we were drained of our light and we were powerless. For so, like 20 minutes. <laughs> for like 20 minutes, you're right. But yeah. I think light level does have something to play in Destiny. I, I don't think there's no place for light level. I think that... But it could be better. The leveling system could always you're, you're, be better. You're right. It I think be this better. is a better approach because the way you're leveling, you're going to constantly be getting some sort of like power, additional power. And like, because from the beginning of time with uh, how Destiny's been, your leveling has been, once you got to 20, like in Destiny 1, you had to find gear that had light in it. Remember Forever 29? I mean, who all remembers that? <laughs> oh, God. You just had to bring that up. I mean, the most we weirdest way to level up that you could possibly think of. <laughs> you know, just finding gear that would get you level, not actually leveling. You're like, you know, playing the game and leveling like you do in so many other RPGs and everything. Um, I think this is more has more of a chance for it to be more rewarding um, just because the artifact, the artifact is giving you, granting you additional power. See, and everything. I think that chasing for that random drop that gives you that extra power level, I kind of miss that system. And here's why. Because I feel like for me, that made it worth playing the raid. That made me excited to go and farm materials so I can upgrade the, the armor in the raid. And it needs to start with fundamentally changing the raid rewards to make them better and meaningful and to make them feel very powerful. That's, well, recall, that's the thing. They have a problem with loot right now. The loot right. is not... And that's, that's something that we talked about earlier. I think they definitely have a loot problem in the game because before the legendary we had, raid we armor... Had we had vendors just, that sold weapons. Yes, but not only that, but the, the armor and the weapons in the raid were powerful. They were almost exotic-like. But they were legendary items that made them special. In Everybody Destiny loves Fatebringer. Yeah, Fatebringer, Praetorian foil, even the things from Crota. You know, of Confluence, like Abyss Defiant. You know, oh, like, yeah. um, everybody loves Abyss Defiant. Black Thing Hammer. Thing of your yurt. Um, yeah. You know. I, I feel like they kind of just. <sighs> I don't know, like even the Crown of Sorrow, all the drops during the Crown of Sorrow are just so... The loot sucks. Let's just be um, honest. The raid loot <laughs> sucks. Like, what it's the trash. fuck, Bungie? The raid loot is trash. I'm, I'm going on record saying that right now. It's just, it's not exciting. It's not interesting. I don't really care to play it right now because I did the, the reward just is not... It's not there for me. Let me ask you this. If the weapons were awesome in that raid, 
And if the leveling was such that you were back to Forever 29, you had to grind out that raid. If you wanted powerful drop for chest piece, you better pray to the Destiny RNG that you're going to get the drop. Would you prefer that system? Yes and no. I'm going to tell you what I wouldn't want about the Destiny 1 raid weapon system. The overabundance of materials. Because as soon as I, I whenever I watch that, that armor reveal, that armor 2.0 reveal, I like my stomach immediately sank whenever I saw, oh, okay, so we have enhancement cores. Wait, what's that? Enhancement it's, prism? What the? What the? And then ascendant shards. I was shards. like, I was like, no. Did the ascendant shards trigger you? Did that trigger you? Yes, it <laughs> did very much. And I was like, as long the only, I have a problem with them adding more materials because before in Forsaken, Forsaken, whenever it dropped, was the best that the Destiny Two economy has ever been, hands down. With. Uh, Season of Opulence, bringing that trophy room in, totally destroyed it. Now, if you want to bring more materials into the game, that's going to mess up the economy once again. However, I think that if they state clearly on how you obtain these materials, like very specifically, like, hey, it, you can get, we'll just say, you can get two uh, enhancement cores from doing this nightfall or from doing this high level thing not not particularly pinnacle stuff not the highest of the high but like higher tier stuff and then those 10 or five or 10 enhancement cores you go to uh, banshee he fuses them into an enhancement prism there you go now if it goes ridiculous and says you need 10 or like five or 10 enhancement prisms to make one ascendant shard, then I'm going to look at you and say, listen, I understand it's a video game, but please tell me how in the world of destiny an orange enhancement prism can turn into a silver ascendant shard. Radiant they're now, shard. They're, they're, they're all, they're exotic too. Now, did you see that? The ascendant shards, <sighs> they went from legendary to exotic. <laughs> Like, as long as you clearly define on how to get these things, I won't have that big of a problem. But if you, if it becomes like how you get uh, how you get enhancement course is going to be random dumb luck. I'm not really going to like it because how many prisms you can make determines on how many cores you can get and how many cores you can get is dependent on RNG. And if RNG likes to really suck for you like mine does, you're not going to get anything as far as Armor Max goes. I think they're going to have some of those systems built into the um, to the season pass model that they're going to you're going to be able to get the seasonal uh, rank. And I think there's going to be some things included on there that, to, that will help with those pain so. points a little bit. And they, they also talked about seasonal xp progression this is going to be a really interesting one we know it will be available for free for all players and there will be a premium path that will give you separate rewards that you'll get that are better kind of felt like fortnite almost the system they have with the battle pass 
Well, that's no that's one of the things that Luke said. He's like, hey, it looks familiar to you. We decided to do that on purpose, which, I mean. Sh Shadow Priest, hmm. do you want to share what Luke Smith said in the XP progression? Sure. Do it. Okay, so he goes on to say the second predictable reward chase we're adding to seasons are season pass ranks. Some of you might have spotted this on the August 14th armor stream, but we didn't provide any context. Without context, it's really easy to find yourself on the jumping to conclusions mat. This is totally human. We all do it. I certainly do. It's okay. So let's talk about these ranks. We want to make sure that each season has multiple complementary reward sources because we all play Desti Destiny differently. We want to be able to customize our guardians the way we want to. We will continue to have RNG rewards as a part of our activities. And we also want to add a direct track of rewards each season that you can progress every evening. The best weapons and armor we st will still live in the treasure chests of our toughest monsters and villains. But we hope now that there will be a fewer nights where players feel like they logged into Destiny and got nothing done. The internet is talking a lot about different builds and games. Season ranks are kind of like building, like a build for playing a season of Destiny. Grabbing bounties, doing strikes, completing weekly challenges, these are straightforward ways to unlock season pass ranks when you don't have the time to arrange a raid group or check Google for the right strategies to solve a problem, or gamble against RNG where it feels like the house always wins. The rank the ranks help our friends in the community who have families and are full-time jobs or who are deep in the finals territory at college. Sometimes you want to log in grand bounties, shoot some aliens or guardians, earn XP and chill with your friends. That's why we've added 100 ranks to earn each season with free and premium track rewards, plus a UX design that's intuitive and familiar if you play other games. Unlike those other games, you'll make progress by earning XP doing things you already do in Destiny, defeating monsters and completing bounties and activities. This is about a new additive layer of predictable rewards for just playing the game. And then he goes on to show the UI uh, right below it. What do you guys think? I think you guys have some hot takes about this. Well, I do. <laughs> but, uh, Grace, since you're our guest, do you want to go first? Okay, so let me see here. Um, I'm not a fan of the way it looks. However, I understand the reason why they did it. But it's very clear. I will say that it's very clear. This is what you're going to get. So if you get to this point, you can get this thing. And as long as they, um, like, I don't know if on the far right, there is what looks like an uh at level 30. I don't know if whenever you hover over that with your cursor, I don't know if you're going to be able to see the perks or if that auto rifle is going to be random rolled as it's given to you. If you can see the perks of the weapon and the armor, it may want to make you grind more. But that's that's just my thoughts. What you got? It might be you think it's RNG, like what the perks are for I I'm hoping it's not just because it's sitting there in front of your face. 
Do you know what I mean? Because usually weapons yeah. in D2, yeah. if a weapon is sitting there in front of your face, it's not random roll perks. It's going to have set perks. Right. Yeah. Will they be at a lower power, you think, to win it? I think it should be. It's going to be uh, yeah. a fixed roll. It's not going to be master worked. But if it's going to have fixed perks already and the fixed perks are going to want to make you grind for that gun, like it's going to make you want it. Um, I think it should probably. They should probably give it to you at uh, 750. It makes sense that it's going to have fixed perks because like you're only going to be able to get it once from this table. Right. Like, the only other time you're going to get it is when it drops randomly, like in the game, in the world. Which might be, if I remember reading correctly and what we talked about, might be another season. It might not even be in this season. Yeah. That's true. See, I'm kind of torn about this because what I don't want to happen is I don't want for them to sell us a season pass next season telling us, hey, here's this Fortnite looking thing and you'll get a hundred things for 10 bucks. And they use that in place of giving us real content, which based on what I'm gathering from this, it almost feels like that's what a season pass is becoming. It's not becoming real content. It's becoming a set of drops that you can enjoy that are new in a world that's already there with maybe one new thing that's going to be rotating every season i don't completely and, agree with that because i think he said in the article that they're still going to give us dungeons they're still going to give us like these things seasonal activities and all this other stuff and there's going to be secrets too that's in his article I think that's the big thing that matters. Like this, what this might be, this whole battle pass looking thing, what it might be is just here, we're giving you the season, but also we understand why you may be a little skeptical on seasons. So we're going to give you all this free loot. The new players that are coming in, they want to get people playing this game. They don't want people to just play a few hours and dump it. They want people to to play the game they want people to get involved you know in their world and everything with all these new people coming in from steam and new light and everything they want to give people a reason to play i can guarantee you that's why they're doing it and fortnite because like they're gonna they're pushing for they want fortnite numbers who doesn't want fortnite numbers that's true so And the next part of the conversation talks about what is part of the season. And Luke Smith goes on to say that with every season pass, you will get everything you'd expect from a Destiny season. New activities, rewards, a storyline, etc. Not just for new season rank, UI, and the rewards track. I want you to read that again, Corn. I want you to read that first sentence again. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. What what does it say next to rewards? A storyline. 
Hmm. Hmm. A storyline every season. Hmm. Did okay. they not also talk about having a storyline during the annual pass with Forsaken? With all due respect. I think they um, did. Well, no, they didn't have, they didn't really have storylines like with the uh, annual pass this past year, except no, maybe Drifter. They had some lore that was really good. But, but there wasn't that's... a storyline. There was no storyline with Black Armory. There, it literally was just, you know, you saw Ada. <laughs> Ada thinks she hates you. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, you could, you're welcome. I love here. you now. <laughs> so, yeah. So he, he goes on to say, like I alluded to way back in the first director's cut, we need more sustainable ways to deliver rewards. Any seasonal rank UI is a big step us getting there so now with all of this context let's look back at what you season pass owners get in season of the undying which again is included with shadow keep so it looks like shadow keep and season of the undying are two separate things and season pass owners get access to a new seasonal activity, the Vex Offensive. We did talk about that earlier, which also includes four legendary weapon drops, additional weekly and daily bounties, additional weekly challenges and powerful rewards, a new weapon quest for an exotic bow, Leviathan's Breath, exclusive to Season Pass owners. We have a new exotic hand cannon, Ariana's vow which will be awarded at rank 35 of the free track or awarded at rank one with the premium track if you do purchase the season pass for that season uh we'll also get three seasonal legendary armor sets one for each subclass and we will collect complete set of the first 25 ranks of the free track okay i have a question yes i may have not been paying attention or it has or it may not have been uh particularly stated okay so just as out of curiosity this the the season pass okay um the season pass is the Fortnite progress bar. Correct? Yes. I believe that so. Is, that is purchased separate from the season of, what's it called? Undying. It, does it come with, or is it purchased? Season of the Undying comes with Shadowkeep. You can purchase the season, however, separately, a la carte. If you right. don't want Shadow Keep, you can just buy the season for ten bucks. Right, but this mm-hmm. the the Fortnite looking season pass thing. Okay, mm-hmm. that comes with. Like, is that a separate purchase other than Season of the Undying or the Season of Dawn? Well, there's there's uh, free passes on the bottom, I believe, and um, the or is that the top? I'm, no, I'm not free, sure. Free is on the top. Free is on the top. Oh. Okay, and then the free uh, you usually get less. Yeah, 
And then the other one is uh, the the um, premium is on the bottom, which you know you have to purchase it. You um, have to pay extra for premium then. Yes, you got to pay ten bucks for okay. uh, the premium if you're gotcha. buying just the season. If you're buying Shadow Keep, you get Season of the Dying free with Shadow. Keep. That makes sense. I think I get it. I think I get it. So yeah. this season will be included with Shadow Keep, but the next one you're going to have to pay for separately, whether it be by paying ten bucks for a la carte or um, getting it as part of the deluxe edition of Shadow Keep, which will be included of all the seasons. Yeah. So if you want everything, you pay sixty bucks, and then you get all the whole all the season. It's like buying a sixty dollar game and getting content for the whole year. Yeah, I I kind of already pulled the trigger on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I know I'm gonna play this. The hell I know I, I I'm which, gonna buy it. which version of the game did you get? Um, I got the standard. I didn't get uh, or not standard. I you got the digital deluxe version. Yeah, I didn't get the physical stuff. Yeah, just because I've I, the physical stuff has been really eh sold to me. out. It's been sold out for a while too. Well, that too. I, like honestly, <laughs> the only the only physical merchandise that I for Destiny that I love so much is my little ghost buddy Church up there. What you doing, Church? How you doing, buddy? Like that is the only thing that I thought has been one hundred percent worth it for the the physical so, stuff. Million dollar question. Do you have okay. the real ghost with Peter Dinklage? Do you have the Dinkle bot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. See, nice. Oh, OG. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. OG ghost, man. <laughs> okay. Still works in everything. We have, we have one of those. I actually have a autographed one with all of, well, not all of the devs, but about 30 devs signed the collector's edition that I have. That's awesome. So kind of cool and special. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been a big fan of Destiny, so me and Shadow Price both bought the Collector's Edition for every Destiny game that has come before this one. So I'm hoping it comes back in stock and I can get my Collector's Edition. That would be nice. Yeah. So we also learned some more stuff that's coming with Shadow Keep and part of the new season past that's coming with season of the undying um on the premium track you'll get all three sets on rank one there also will be drops within the vex offensive for the seasonal activity so you can get better perks if you want to chase after that perfect role for you and if you want versions of higher stats you'll be able to play the vex offensive multiple times so <laughs> Did you guys get a? Did you guys get a look at that? Like one of those still images with that Vex gear on? Does that tell me that doesn't look freaking awesome? That it gear, looks nice. It, it reminds it me of Vault of Glass. What makes me so happy? Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks so good. Oh my god, I can't wait to get that gear. It looks way better than any armor right now in Destiny. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just gonna say that it looks way better than any armor in destiny 2 right now <laughs> so i would argue against that however i'm not going to 
<laughs> so we can continue the conversation. Exactly. <laughs> so we also know that we're getting a few more things here. We're getting three universal ornament armor sets, one for each subclass. You're also getting a armor, I'm sorry, an exotic weapon ornament for Ariana's favor, or Ariana's vow, excuse me. You're getting two legendary weapon ornaments. You're getting a new finisher, an exotic emote, an exotic ship, and seasonal ranks available for purchase as a catch-up mechanic. What do you guys think of that? Do you guys have any issue with that system? Um, not really. I mean, there's some cool stuff that you're you're getting for this. Uh, this is for getting the season, right? Uh, for the having the season yep. season pass. Yep. I'm more stuff is is better. The more the better, in my opinion. The more loot, the better. Like, I think the game needs more loot, so like I'm all for it. See, I I'm kind of on the opposite side with this. You don't think the game why. needs more loot? Well, you know, I I do think the game needs more loot, but I definitely think this is a deceptive list of items that just has been inflated to make it look like you're getting a lot. Let me explain why. This is where things are going to get really fun and controversial here. Get your salt ready. There we go. I'm I'm ready. So we know that this new Vex Offensive activity will have four legendary weapon drops. Are they saying that we're only getting four legend, four new legendary weapons in this new season? Just if from so, that activity. Just from that activity. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming that's specific. Be, how long are we going to be playing that activity for? For the season. And four weapons are going to keep you playing? Is that um, enough? Does that feel like that's enough for you? I'll put it to you this way. If they make another weapon like Blast Furnace, I will grind out until I get a perfect. If they make a weapon like Shadow Price, I will grind out for that. <laughs> they talk about additional weekly and daily bounties. That's a normal thing in the game. That's not something they really should advertise as a bonus. Weekly challenges and powerful rewards. That's a part of that's a standard part of the game. That's not an extra feature. A new weapon quest for an exotic bow, Leviathan's Breath. Okay, that's one exotic. Exclusive to season pass owners. That's not a perk. Uh, a new exotic hand cannon. No, you're saying the bow is exclusive to season pass owners. That's what they're saying. Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha. So the hand cannon is going to be Ariana's bow, and that's going to be available for everyone. So that's two exotics, one of which is available for everyone. You're getting also a set of the legendary armor that we're probably going to dismantle from what it sounds like, and you're going to want to grind out for a better set. Um, and you'll get whatever is offered in the first 25 ranks. So you're just going to get a bunch of drops that more than likely will dismantle it. Um, so, I mean, if you think about it, like reading that out to get that and to get an emote, a ship, a finishing move, two legendary ornaments, and an exotic ornament, like, 
it, it just seems like it's deviating away from what seasonal content was in Destiny before. And this isn't everything. This isn't everything. I hope not. I hope not. It, you know, I, not. I hope I hope we're getting things like strikes as part of this. But it we sounds are. like we're not. Oh yeah, there's no, way, like there's no way we're not. We are getting strikes. They already said we're getting two new strikes. He says that in the in the but that's uh, not going to be part of any seasonal content. That's going to be part. No, no, of... strikes are a part for everybody. Strikes. They made strikes. Oh, okay. Like, free for everybody. Like they they said that earlier. Like like earlier in one of their discussions. So strikes are going to be part of new light. Yeah. 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 So do you? Guys they want everybody think... playing together. They want everybody to be able to play. Do you... Do you guys think that we're going to get strikes during the season seasonal content that's coming up? Or do you think it's once a year kind of thing? If we if we do, it might be one strike per season. Yeah, I I think that's realistic. Because if you think about it, I mean, if you going backwards for Osiris and Warmind we got what two strikes a piece i think it was yeah we got the freaking they were part of the story missions it was the right Zol and it was uh what's his face nakris and honestly if they do that again which i wouldn't be surprised because they did that before in d1 if they do that again i mean we could very well get a at least a strike a season yeah because i think one of the strikes is the shadow keep or not the shadow keep the um the what's it called the fortress whatever that fortress is called um fortress of death yeah that big red fortress that they built on the moon whatever that thing's called is one of the strikes i think because um it was the i saw image of it um in one of the press kits or something so and somebody on somebody's video i can't remember (laughs) so we have one more thing to talk about before we briefly talk about the weekly update. There wasn't a whole lot in the weekly update. It was very little. But the last thing that Luke Smith talked about was New Light and everything that was coming with it. He started off with um, New Light by stating that we've talked a lot about <clears throat> what you get if you buy the season pass but let's talk about what you get with Destiny 2 for spending nothing. This fall, new friends playing Destiny 2 for the first time are coming, and we're going to make Destiny a great experience for everyone. It's, at its core, what makes Destiny 2 special is the place we all come from to is the community. Friendships and the moments made along the way. Destiny is best if we can convince your friends to play. And we think a $0 price tag is another way to make that easier. The default version of Destiny 2 this fall will be New Light. And on top of that, all the D2 Year 1 available for free content with New Light. We're going to make sure there's plenty of new free content in Season of the Undying. Here's some of what all players, even without the season pass, can access on October 1st. Um, All Destiny 2 players, whether you're coming in with New Light or are all in 
on Shadowkeep and Season of the Undying will have access to the following. Patrolling the Moon Destination, the opening mission of Shadowkeep, two new strikes, Cabal, uh, <laughs> Cabal, Crucible updates, two returning PvP maps from the D1 era, Widow's Court and Twilight Gap, elimination in Crucible Labs, Armor 2.0 build, customization, Eye of the Gate Lord, seasonal artifact, new finishers, two new pinnacle weapons, one for Gambit and one for Crucible, free seasonal rank rewards, which include an exotic weapon, Ariana's Vow, three legendary armor sets, one subclass, two legendary weapons, best of year two bright engrams, and glimmer and update upgrade modules. So that's that's a lot. We're getting quite a bit for nothing, right? Like it feels like now strikes and crucible are coming part of the free content that you're getting in Destiny. Yep. Yeah, they want everybody to I, I think it's great. I think it's a good decision because, you know, there's going to be so many new players coming in and they're, you want to give them the best version of Destiny. You don't want to give them some watered down version where they're going to have to pay all this additional money to play the activities in the game and everything. I feel like that's why they're starting everybody out at 750. So everybody's at the ground level and they can jump right in and play with their friends. But- It'll start out with, hey, man, why don't you go get Destiny? It's free on Steam. Uh, All right. I mean, I got nothing else better to play this weekend. I might as well. So they download the game. You go run a couple of things like, oh, this is really cool. And then somebody says, hey, um, my friends want to run the new, we'll just say, uh, raid you're there you're at the power level but you don't have the content for the raid oh well well how much is it uh, it's just like ten dollars because i think the raid's connected to this season or is it connected to the shadow keep i think the raid's connected to shadow keep if i'm not mistaken okay um how much is it that's uh, thirty dollars but like you get more than the raid you get like all this um and then you start listing off all this get with shadow keep that's different from new light which Honestly, as us, the players, we may have to figure out. I don't think they'll give us like a literally a clear line of like, this is what you get. This is what you don't get. Um, so that it could definitely lead to a whole, hey, you can you can pick this up. You can pick the expansion up and everything. You can come raid with us because like you're ready. But you need to buy it. And the person will be like, yeah, yeah, all right. Let's say you get people to buy stuff. Yeah, I mean, carrot. they're, they're going to want to play, too, because they're going to need to get materials because they're going to start out the ground level with, like, I mean, are they going to have no materials at all? I mean, maybe oh, just... Oh, no. You know? <laughs> like, how how is Bungie going to solve that one? Like, they I, didn't I, talk honestly, about that. I would give them... I would probably give them... A care package, like 30,000... 50 to 100 materials a piece. Glimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Like 50,000 glimmer, maybe 100 materials each, you know, maybe like 10 like enhancement cores or something like that. Um, yeah. Care package. <laughs> I could see that totally happening, <laughs> actually. 
because they're not going to have any materials at all. It's it's interesting with this because now what what is part of Shadow Keep itself? That's what I mean. Like right now, because we. The Shadowkeep I mean, story, the campaign, yeah. the campaign in Shadowkeep, the raid, okay. the nightmare hunts. Um, oh, yeah, that, that might be nightmare. like pinnacle and powerful gear. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's probably a few other things like exotic weapons like that are tied to Shadowkeep. Actually, possibly. don't we have the moon itself, too? Well, they'll be able to. But that's patrol. available for everyone. They'll be able to patrol oh, okay. the destination, but they won't be able to do any of the missions like th- that we do in Shadowkeep without Shadowkeep. Yeah, they just will only be able to patrol on the. Yeah, but that's still that's crazy. You're getting a lot. Getting quite a bit, you know, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. It's going to bring so many people, new people, into the game, and they're going to be more willing to want to purchase that expansion. If you like it, you know, there's people on Steam who just like search for free games and stuff and uh, download the free games Mm -hmm. like I do that. Everybody does that. If somebody has never played Destiny before, has heard about it or whatever, sees that it's free, they download it. The very initial thing that I think of is if you you may be faster, you may be a space ninja. But the grinding on Warframe is absolutely ridiculous compared to the grinding on Destiny. So, like, if it's if you go into if somebody downloads both Warframe and Destiny and plays them for the first time, they'll see that in Destiny you get items at a much faster pace than you get items in Warframe. So that'll probably make them want to kind of sway towards Destiny a little bit, make them want to play that one a little bit, which will then in turn get them more curious about. Okay, so the moon's really cool, but I can't do anything here. What do I do? And then they buy the season or they buy uh, Shadow Keep, and then that's how you get that rolling. And then if you go backwards, if they do buy Shadow Keep, they don't have Forsaken. So if you're running with people and you like, let's just say you've been running Shadow Keep forever, and everybody's like, hey, do you guys want to hit up last? like the the new raid like i i really like the armor set do you want to hit it up oh yeah we can and then that person doesn't have forsaken i mean sure in the moment they're gonna be like oh this is stupid but once they see everything that they have that uh forsaken has to offer they'll probably buy it hopefully they make forsaken really cheap when um yeah I'm, I'm thinking like 10 15 bucks 10 bucks i think 10 yeah. bucks yeah there's yeah, Forsaken, and then you get the uh, all the like seasonal content with the annual pass too. Like, I th- I think that's that it should be ten bucks. Yeah, because we're like that stuff is like we've all nobody's like there's nobody doing it that's already played the game that's going to play that. That's going to be all mostly new players that will go do that and everything. I mean, obviously yeah. you'll go play with them if they you know there's you want to actually do that activity with them. You're trying to like Sherpa them or something, you know, through the raid and everything. Um, so overall guys, do you think that the direction that we're heading with the season pass is a good direction for destiny Two in year three? I'm going to say yes. 
because there's one last part of this we forgot to read that is very important that will give this more context, I think. And I think it should be read to our audience and everything for people who haven't had a chance to hear it yet. And I can go ahead and do that right now if you guys don't mind. Go right ahead. Okay, so Luke goes on to say that how this could have worked last year. This has been a pretty dense dump of information. Thankfully, it has more pictures than the director's cuts did. I wanted to wrap this up looking at how a season of content done in the style of year three might have worked with some year two content we all remember. Let's reimagine the season of The Forge in year X of Bizarro Destiny. Begin Wayne's World. A week before the season begins, all players receive a note in their mailbox. It simply reads, I have returned from the stars. Meet me on December 4th at 10.15 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ada. Once this note has been given out, a small countdown timer appears on the Traveler. When the timer reaches zero, players in the tower see a ship unlike any they've ever seen land between Zavala and Lord Shaxx. A figure transmats out and walks through the tower, opening a door that had long been shut. Players follow the character through the tower, and the figure lowers her hood and greets players. I am Ada, and we have work to do. The season pass in the director is updated. The rewards are revealed, and now Ada and players begin a season-long experience of refining forges in the world, completing bounties, finding materials, working on black armory sets, and taking on the new raid, Scourge of the Pass. In a twist, Dado and his group are the first to finish. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Ouch. Uh, He continues on. As players work together to forge weapons early in the track, smithing and building new ones, the room around Ada begins to change. The schematic data from players' work is resulting in new weapons and mods for players to create. These weapons and mods don't all require play in the seasonal activity. Some of them are found in new encounters within strikes. Some of them are forged in Last Wish, like the Alchemy Lab and the Black Wing Lair. As the player community plays, meta objectives are revealed. As the player community plays, meta objectives are revealed. Once a certain number of players have unlocked ranks on the pass, cinematics unlocked for everyone to watch. We see the Drifter and Ada arguing over something, pitting the two against each other. The scene ends with the Drifter raising an eyebrow at a set of gun schematics behind Ada. As the season wins to a close, winds to a close, the Drifter begins to summon players to him. He's having a new space built in the tower, and the first people he asks for help are those who've earned the title of Dredgen. Now players begin to gather materials and donate them to fund the Drifter's new scam. The Drifter won't stop talking about the gun schematics he saw behind Ada. Very late in the season, players notice Ada's room like it's being packed up. She's leaving. The schematics that sat behind her are missing. Over the course of a few weeks, she packs her equipment, and in an event similar to her arrival, she vanishes. Ada, her wares, and her forges are gone. Banshee44 reminds the players, even though Ada is gone, she left him the schematics for her weapons and armor, and she'll be rotating them through over time. And he'll be rotating them through over time. And the drifter asks you to visit him, saying he's got a surprise. Ends Wayne's world. So basically, what do you guys gather from this? Because I know what I gather from this. I am, oh my God, if that's the way that they're doing this, oh man, this is what I've always wanted since D1. Exactly. By the way, what the hell is the alchemy lab? (laughs) 
apparently there's something in the last wish raid an alchemy lab in the black wing layer layer i don't know where that is i bet you people are going to try to find that now though uh i'm, sure. I'm fine with this <laughs> so maybe that's a hint towards something but um yeah this is how they plan on going further with seasons because this is what their direction, their idea was for their season seasons to evolve and how the game is going to be a single evolving world. That we're going to do something cool. We're going to do all these things. We're going to meet, like, this would have been a lot cooler way to meet Ada, don't you think? Oh my god, yes. I would have actually tried to be here whenever she arrived. I would have loved to see that. Yeah. So this would have gave more context to, to things in the world and everything, too. And this is what they want to do. This is what they're looking to do with seasons. And we're going to play through that content and something's going to happen. World events are going to happen and it's going to change and it's going to exhaust that content. It's going to set up the events for the next season. That made me so happy. So I'm loving this. I'm loving everything that Luke wrote in here. Yeah. Because this just this is world building. This gives actual context and a meaning to everything that you do in the game. As far as like the story goes and pushing the story forward and everything. Yeah, we'll we'll have to uh wait and see. Season pass brings. Um but uh, what do you think, Corn? I wanna I wanna get your I wanna get your opinion <laughs> on this. Well, you know, I think that there are a lot of things that were brought up. I also would have this there... if this was happening, would this have been something a lot cooler than what actually happened? Oh, absolutely. No, this is what they're sounds like this is what they're gonna be capable of, basically. This is what we have to look forward to. This is Luke Smith foreshadowing how they're gonna play these do these seasons. Or how they at least want to. Exactly. So do you guys think we're going to get at least an equal amount of content as what we got this year with the annual pass? Oh my God, way more. I think I was going to say, if, I, uh, if not equal, definitely more. Definitely more, more meaningful for sure. Like they're going to use the seasonal seasons to tell the stories and the world they say is going to change. I think that's freaking awesome. Here's the one thing that I would like to see. And I know it would be risky as far as maybe Bungie and development go, but okay. Um, do we know who, what the theme is of uh, season of the dawn? Or we just know it's name, right? Like the we dawn. don't have a theme. Okay. Something, something from like, that's coming like it, like when it's dawn, something's rising, right? right? The sun's rising at dawn. Yeah. So, what could what 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 in the world of destiny has that context and everything? Has well, that? I mean, you could you could technically say the pyramid ships, or it could be the traveler. Like, there's a few different things that it could be. My point is, however, okay. So, through his example. Um, Satorius so and Fallen, probably the Fallen faction. Which would be fine. 
because then we'd get Mithrax, and Mithrax might actually become a Guardian, which would be awesome, and fighting alongside an Elixney would be really cool. And maybe we'll um, see more with uh, Aldrin, too. Possibly. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about him. Um, but, like, if they... How he, how he put that is... If you can see the things happening, like, if you can see the cutscenes of, of events unfolding between characters and everything... If you can continue to see that, I would like it to, um, let's just say, for instance, because the Vex just so happened to invade the moon, this triggered a chain reaction that sparked, we'll say, the Fallen up to do something. I would like to know that. I guess the only way I could put this is I'd like to know that ahead of time by context in certain things. Like if if there's a mission or a, or a side mission or an adventure or something where we're fighting the Vex on the moon and your ghost says something to the, to the degree of like this this fallen was injected with radiolorian or radiolaria that that just small little bit of dialogue could be like a hint to like hey uh you may not have Siva fallen in this game you may be getting vex fallen <laughs> that would be interesting <laughs> that but would like, be quite, it, quite the twist <laughs> that's what i mean though like if you if there's something that kind of hints to it beforehand that way you can see that evolving that way whenever you like if you go back and play that adventure or that mission with somebody and you hear that that small little cue of like oh this this fallen's being taken over by radiolaria. You're like, son of a bitch. They already told us this a while ago. <laughs> Cause this I have those, witch. I have those moments. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I have those moments in a lot of games. Like, like kingdom hearts is definitely one of them to where I'll go back and I'll, I'll watch cutscenes, and I'll see things and hear things that I just, I, there, there's been a few times where I've sat here and just screamed at the top of my lungs, like, how did I not see this before? Like, if they were to do stuff like that, that would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, we have, and we have those like dead guardians just floating around everywhere. Like, I want to fight them in Shadowkeep. Like, so there's also going to be some, we're going to get some uh, context and story with that too. Why they're floating there you know like how how they what were they slayed by you know or who yeah or are they being controlled or whatever you know that's going to be fleshed out i feel what i and i feel like these seasons they're going to be able to flesh these stories out like that's what they're you going to use the seasons for is to tell the stories and everything we we want more story in the game and i think this gives them more of a opportunity to do that I just hope that, like they said, they're all interconnected, and now we get one big solid story instead of a whole bunch of little mini ones. Yeah, I've been I mean, doing, I've been doing some like, uh, lore diving lately, and <sighs> there's a lot of things that bother me in the way that the lore is and the way that the world of Destiny works. To where if we finally get Technically, after everything that we've done, Gaul is the only win that we have. Like, against anybody, 
Gaul is the only win that we have. Um, and if like if this overarching story of the darkness actually is like the real story and this is what's going to continue onward, I would like to see more of that, more progress in that. I think we're going to get more of that because they keep hinting at the darkness is closer than you think. Right. They keep, they keep hinting at that. Like, and that's the dialogue that they're like share, like they're having with us right now. Um, so yeah, I think there's going to be some pretty cool revelations that happen in the story in shadow keep. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're totally right. I think there's going to be a lot of that, uh, learn about with shadow keep and a lot of changes that are coming to season i think we can all agree on the fact that it's going to be kind of a gamble for bungie they're taking a pretty big risk in essentially taking the game and turning it upside down its head and changing the foundation for how we've known destiny to be on this time um, we know that we'll be able to play with our friends, and we know that the game is going to be more accessible to more players. But at the same time, Bungie will have to create the value proposition for the consumer to want to purchase their premium content, whether it be the season passes that are coming, or whether it be the uh, upcoming uh, expansion with Shadowkeep. And I think Shadowkeep is. Amazing. It's going to be very top notch. I think it's going to be the best that Destiny 2 has ever been. I think Shadowkeep will, you know, it will be the best that Destiny 2 has ever been. And, and hopefully it will continue to get better as, you know, it goes. Like, because I'm more interested in this, like, expansion that I've been in, in any, of the, uh, any of the previous ones for Destiny 2. Like, this has more of a Destiny 1 feel to it, you know, but an evolved version of Destiny 1. Because we're going to be seeing so many familiar enemies when we fight the Nightmares and things like that. We're going to be seeing Skolas. We're going to be seeing Fulgoth. We're going to be seeing Omnigal, you know, like, Crota. Yeah. <laughs> Get those uh get those land cable, get the, get ready to pull that, that land cable. <laughs> Believe me, I'm going to be ready and willing. So I mean I, I it's this has more connective fibers like I think than any time other in Destiny 2. Like we're gonna have way more things that connect us, you know, to the world again that are familiar. That's you know gonna enjoy so guys let's let's briefly talk about the uh, bungie weekly update um and we do have some things here that are pretty interesting with weekly update i don't think we got too much news this week pretty much just reminding us about what is coming we know that bungie is going to pax west they're bringing back the risk reward challenge with some <laughs> new things for you to chase that's something that they did uh, last time around when they went to PAX. So they're doing that again. You can play a round of 6v6 control to earn an exclusive PAX West edition of the Drifter coin. 
if you win or lose, you'll earn this reward. Um, you're more than welcome to pass through the line as many times as you'd like to collect these coins for you and your friends and fellow guardians that you meet at the event. There are going to be risk matches if you have um, something more cool that you want to earn. You can spend one of your coins to commit yourself to a round of 3v3 elimination. If you win, you'll receive a Crucible pin that is exclusive to PAX West 2019. Uh, the Bungie Store will also be present at PAX. They will have some things for you to purchase that are new. The upcoming season with Shadow Keeps, they're going to have some items early at the event for you to purchase. And um, they state that we'll have some more goodies for purchase without the intrigue of combat. Bungie Store is coming to PAX in force. This is your opportunity to grab some Shadow Keep loot before it becomes available online. Our away team will even stock some PAX exclusive items available to those who attend. Um, you'll also get a chance to meet the developers um, and uh, DMG states that one of the things we enjoy most about events is giving you the opportunity to meet the developers of Destiny through the entire weekend. Our booth will be filled uh, fully staffed with people from various disciplines. We'll also have book signings and general meet and greets with the developers so stay tuned to bungie on twitter for announcements of availability so that's cool we're also getting some props at the event as well um the autumn effect returns to bungie booth showcasing weapons builds from the history of destiny stop by and meet eric Newgard and Derek Rosegrant to learn more about his craft. Uh, there will be a community cosplay meetup. If you haven't been to PAX before, that's something they do every year. Um, each year, members of the community rally together to host a cosplay meetup, which also serves as a general meet and greet for any members of the community to attend. That will be taking place on Sunday, September. 1st, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the freeway park behind the convention center. You can RSVP on Facebook, and there will also be a new change coming to Destiny on September 3rd. Uh, any Destiny 2 game content and Destiny 2 Silver purchase L.net as Bungie is getting ready to switch to Steam for the release of Shadowkeep. And that was kind of the Bungie weekly update. There wasn't really a whole lot of news. There's some housekeeping things, some little updates, and most of what we got was during the Luke Smith article, I feel like. Luke Smith's the GOAT again. He has the GOAT. I do have one of those Drifter coins from guardian con though it's dude, really nice oh man i'm so that's jealous dope. dude it, it's full metal like it's not plastic at all it's metal cast 
That's awesome. Let me just say, I'm so excited to be able to play on Widow's Court again and um, Twilight Gap. Like, oh my god, I love those maps from D1. I can't wait to play on them again. Can't wait to get those crispy snipes across the map. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I just, oh my god, so many good memories on those maps. I got a no scope with no land beyond on Twilight. That's a hell of a shot. <laughs> yeah. I have it saved on my thumb drive somewhere. I went absolutely ballistic when it happened. <laughs> oh my God. Good times. But- okay. So we have a tradition. We're going to rate the weekly update between one and five spicy tuna rolls. And Gray, do you want to go first? Oh man. Do you like uh, spicy tuna gray? Do you like do you like sushi? Well, I've only tried sushi once in my life. And I only tried one piece of sushi. Oh man. Yeah. It I need I need to experience new things. If we see you at Guardian Con next year, we we we've got to take you to get some more sushi. Deal. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Um I think overall, see, I, I will say, <sighs> to me, the Bungie Weekly update was, uh, oh, huh? yeah, like Luke Smith's article did it for me. The Luke weekly Smith's update. The Luke Smith gets like <laughs> five out of five. Yeah. <laughs> He gets five out of five. Bungie weekly update gets, I'll throw him a two. Yeah, I'll I'll throw it a three just to be a little generous, I guess. Just because Luke, Luke just, Luke's, Luke killed it again, man. Luke, he's, stole the spotlight. He's a miracle worker. What do you think, Corn? What are you giving it? Corn speechless. He is stunned. I have no speech. I am. <laughs> I have absolutely no speech. But uh, I, I think, I don't know. I think this weekly update was kind of, I would give it like a two. There really wasn't really anything there. And I think Luke, I'm being Luke kind of generous. Luke Smith gets a five. Yep. Five out of five. Yeah. But, but the update itself gets two out of five this week. Uh, not a whole lot, just a lot of reminding us of what we got from other content. And they mentioned that Bungie is going to PAX West, which if you're not going to PAX West, then that doesn't really affect you in any way. So it just I wish feels I was like going kind to of, PAX West. Uh, right? But so it just kind of feels like an in-between update between all the big news that we got recently. So yeah, two out of five spicy tuna rolls for Leo this week and guardians we have come to that time where we can wrap things up for the evening and gray thank you so much for being on with us it was an absolute blast hanging out with you now before we let you go we do want to share with our audience where we can learn more about you and your content oh my well first of all Thank you guys for having me. I really do appreciate you. Like you have no idea. And also, I feel I am 
at least partly to blame for your episode running too long. Um, but oh no, this is a regular thing. Trust me, it's all Shadow Price. <laughs> when there's a lot to talk about, we just have a lot it's, to say. It's Shadow's fault. Just blame him. It's that way. I That's did. Uh, I did have a lot to say this week. I, <laughs> I, I will admit it. I get you. I, I take full blame. See? It's easy. It's all, it's all his fault. Um, the folks can find me um, on Twitch. Uh, I just go by Sentinel Gray. Um, all one word, no space, no underscore. However, on Twitter, I go by sent- at Sentinel underscore Gray underscore because everything else was taken. Um, and yeah, if if anybody needs help with anything, hit me up. You can find me on basically any single uh, any gaming platform at all. Uh, Sentinel Gray, Gray spelled with an A, not an E, because I know that flops around between people. So if you need help, come find me. I will more than willing to help. Awesome. And now I know when we started the show, you mentioned being a little bit nervous about podcasting. How do you feel right now? More okay with it? Uh, I'm pretty cool with it. I'm good. Yeah. It, at awesome. first, I started out nervous. Now I'm all right. That's awesome. There we go. Mission accomplished. We did our job. We did our job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can follow me on the Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and also here on the Destiny Show podcast. And when I decide to ever get my streams going and everything, you can follow me on twitch.tv forward slash I am Shadow Price. And I will start getting it going. I just got to figure out this damn green screen. Um and and install my Elgato. And I my, can help uh, with all of that if you'd like. Yes, I would very much like that. Thank you, Gray. Of course. There we go. So you can also find the Destiny Show podcast at our website www.destinyshow.com. You can find the latest episodes of the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and the list goes on. You can also find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can also find us each and every week live on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on twitch.tv forward slash The Destiny Show. And Guardians, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week next week we have one actual on the show we're gonna have a very special crucible episode and we'll talk about all things crucible in destiny next week and we have some more exciting guests to share with you in the coming weeks and in the month ahead so i really cannot wait to share all of this with you all thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast, and we'll see you all next week, Guardians. Bye-bye. Bye now.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.